0: My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers.
1: My curiosity is aroused. No more than it
2: These fools worship Transformers.
1: Decepticons, transform and rise up. Robots with emotions.
3: Robots who can die.
4: Arrest. Hey folks and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fanhole spin-off show that talks about Transformers every time, all the time. I'm uh, Mike, I'm going to be your host tonight. And uh tonight we are going to be talking about Transformers Titans Return, uh the 10 episode uh, sequel to uh combiner wars done by uh machinima i mean machinima i guess that's (laughs) i guess i guess that's not fair like i'm sure they've done good things in the past but yeah like uh, i'm you know we don't have to do a whole lot of preamble for this because you know if you listen to our show on combiner wars you know pretty much what going in what this is going to be like well before i start like any go any further like why don't the rest of you introduce yourselves Go.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek. Derek W C. Franklin, Mistress of Flame, I do not give a damn.
0: I'm Justin. I'm the Ninja Consultant for the Fanholes. This is my way of doing things, so look out.
4: <laughs> Sneaky, I'll get you.
2: Hey, guys, this is Tony. And if you don't, <coughs> oh, sorry, I'm hot right now, so I guess
4: everything's better. Are you, were you in a bathroom in a bathroom stall, Tony?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin was calling me uh from a convention, and I was in a bathroom and uh, at a uh, KFC.
4: So I
2: got you. But we got to figure it out. I think. I think we got to figure it out. That makes
4: that makes total sense. Yes. But uh, anyway, yeah. So like like I said, Titans Return is the sequel to Machinima's. Uh, combiner wars series uh they apparently it was successful enough for them to get a much larger budget this time um they each each episode like the for combiner wars each episode was like only five minutes long now they're all 11 minutes long but contain the same amount of plot but they did they it is on writing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and uh they they got some like they managed to con some celebrities into like actually voicing some characters so like obviously they got a much larger budget and uh yeah so let's i mean i guess basically uh it's i think it, derek is it the exact same like creative team as it was for combiner wars or I I recognize because you you posted that
3: guy's Twitter account where he was basically saying like oh my god you guys like I totally would have included the headmaster gimmick only I forgot. <laughs> um, or whatever, or they 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 well, made me that, take it out of the script.
4: Is that Eric that's, S. Calderon? I
3: think. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Eric Calderon, and I I re- I recognize his name from the last time we did this. So, but I'm I'm not sure about. You'll have to start rattling off other names to see
4: if I recognize yeah, them. F- but it,
3: it does. It does sound like it's the same folks. Cause, yeah,
4: F F J DeSanto, who was also, yeah, like a showrunner for Combiner Wars, yeah. Okay, and, uh, okay. I guess they were joined by Adam Beechin as a writer, who is, uh, he's written, has, he, he's written some comics before, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I, I He wrote, I, I want to say he wrote Gen 13, like that's... I, I, but I could be I could be wrong, but I feel like he wrote Gen thirteen, and I'm sure he's probably written other stuff that we could look up with the ease of looking up the internet. But I'm I'm not going to because yeah. this is this is machinima. So <laughs> this is machinima. I'm not, I'm not gonna. Yes. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna expend any effort on this.
4: <laughs> yes, but uh yeah so uh and like i mentioned before like they they managed to like con some celebrities into actually doing some voices here they got like peter cullen and judd nelson rep- reprising their you know classic roles as optimus and rodimus or hot rod and uh you know what else do we go we, will we in his perceptor uh shut up wesley <laughs> shut up wesley um Let's see, uh, Nolan North as Metroplex, uh, Michael Dorn as Fortress Maximus, uh, Jason David Frank, uh, as Emissary, uh, and...
2: That, that guy's got personality.
4: Yeah, I know, right? Everyone loves Emissary, because he's got a personality, yeah. And then, um, who else? Um, oh, the big, the big surprise that was, like, you know, held in reserve until the last episode was Mark Hamill as Megatronus, and, like... I'll be honest. Like the first time I heard that guy's voice, like I was like, I didn't, I didn't. It didn't even register with me. Like after I like looked stuff up, I was like, wait, that was Mark Hamill, really? Like okay. And then oh, and also for uh
2: for our YouTuber fans, um, there's a guy named Dashy uh, Games who yeah, did a voice.
4: I was just about to say, yeah, he reprises his role as Menosor, as I'm sure so many people requested, because. I, I love that guy's channel, but God, he's a shitty fucking minotaur. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> Jason Marnocha reprises his role as Megatron, which is probably only right, as he's he was basically the only thing that anyone complimented about Combiner Wars. And then, yeah, like, there, there's a couple other, you know, people that I'm sure we'll maybe get to, or maybe we won't. I don't know. Maybe we won't care. But, like, those are all the main things, and, like basically i'm just gonna you know i wrote summaries for each episode and uh we'll we'll talk about it episode by episode and see what comes up like what we shake loose like what turds we shake loose basically as we uh you know come on but uh i don't know to um to begin and I'd, i'd also like to bring up something else like each episode has a title and I thought the titling for these episodes was like super weak, like much like a lot of things in this show. But uh, I've it, it's it's bad when you make Armada's titles seem good. Yeah, like the one syllable, like one word titles. But the titles are so generic and boring that I actually added a subtitle to each one, like of my own creation, <laughs> which I I will be performing as. Uh, either, you can either take it as, like, a Mr. Plinkett impression or, like, a Super Kami Guru impression. Whatever, like, I kind of flit in between those two when I read this, the subtitles. But, yeah, so, like, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the first episode title and its subtitle, and then I'll do a summary of the episode. So, Episode 1, Aftermath and Rebirth of Our Continued Doubts in This Creative Team. we open as an old and tired sounding victor caroli gives us a rundown of what happened in combiner wars will i get my paycheck for this stay tuned for the next exciting chapter of my career (laughs) we see starscream wait wait wait
0: wait was that really him that was
4: really victor caroli yep
0: that that didn't sound
4: like him. yeah he sounds super old and tired yeah like uh, so, I, uh
2: I, it, it, it kinda... sounded like him but it sounded like frank welker doing megatron's voice like i don't want to do this anymore
4: <laughs> yeah it's like and like that's the only thing he does in the show so they got him for like that one like summary of what happened in combiner wars and that's it so mm. but pfft, whatever um, we see Starscream's mangled corpse lying in a crater, and the des- dead Decepticon's disembodied spark is pulled away from it by some unseen force as he protests. Meanwhile, the Combiners help clean up the mess from the last series as Optimus Prime and Mistress of Flame discuss stuff. Optimus is planning on going on into exile again and recommends Perceptor to join the Cybertronian Council, must- much to the Mistress's doubt. Windblade arrives and is disappointed that Prime is leaving, but he assures her that with her bond with Metroplex, she'll be fine on her own. Optimus and Windblade go their separate ways as unseen Megatron watches from the shadows. Rodimus Prime is dropped off at the Primal Basilica, where he convenes with the Ancient Chorus of Primes and requests that the Matrix of Leadership be taken from him. He feels that it is a burden that is too hard to bear. Huh, huh, huh.
2: I see what you did there.
4: <laughs> the, the Primes acquiesce and transform him back into Hot Rod, repairing the damage he suffered at Devastator's hands in the last series. Meanwhile, Starscream's spark is brought to a place where the remains of Trypticon rest, and he is forcefully installed in the Titan's carcass. Windblade meets with Perceptor, who is examining Starscream's corpse, and noting that the enigma of combination altered his molecular structure in some mysterious way. Windblade is bored and returns to Metroplex, and the two are suddenly startled by a massive burst of energy and tremors that are emanating from the distance. Powered by Starscream's spark, Trypticon is rising from his grave. So yeah, that's uh, episode one. So uh, yeah, some immediate thoughts.
2: Uh, I, w- I will go ahead and say something that you echoed early on, Mike. Um, really? Motherfucking Starscream again? He, he died at the end of Combiner Wars, well, got destroyed, and now he's he's pretty much, sorry, spoilers, like, we'll tell you about how things happen, but in essence, he's the big bad for this again. I, 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 yeah. this, this machinima thing made me tired of Starscream, and I like Starscream, and I'm like, god damn, like, the rest of the shit was also terrible, but... We'll get into that. Did anybody is anybody else tired of Starscream and these machinima things?
0: I, I'm just tired in general. <laughs> <laughs> so tired. <laughs> but but I clapped when I saw Krypticon because I know Krypticon.
3: <laughs> I Krypticon. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to uh, to totally shatter your expectations, but I did clap when I heard Victor Crowley's voice. So I I want to at least. I, I was like, should, should I give them points for getting Victor Caroli? Because I was, like, kind of listening to it, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, that's that's sort of cool. I was trying to, like, come up with positive things to say about this to start with, because I don't have a lot of positivity about this, this whole endeavor. I mean, I'll, I'll probably go into massive tirades about this, and I might as well just get it out of the way now, like... I know that there were like rocky terrains in the last one and but it's like wh- why are there fucking clouds and ice and rocks and fucking rain and like why is this stuff on fucking Cybertron? Like why? I don't get it. Like I I don't know. It, it just it just bugs me. It's like they live in like fucking Las Vegas or something. It's like but Las Vegas is like the motherboard of Cybertron, but they're really out in the middle of nowhere or something. And it just it just drives me up the wall because I'm kind of like sitting there thinking like, okay, fine. Like, you know, yes, there are instances of environments in, in other Transformers media, but like even in that last one, like I know they were like reusing like stuff on the cheap from like when they were on Caminus and there were like, clouds when they were descending through the atmosphere and all that crap but it's like there were scenes in the previous one which is horrible too where like when you looked up in the sky it was a fucking star field and that like i i don't want to be all nerdy about it but like that's kind of what i expect when you go to fucking cybertron like there's not clouds there's not a bunch of, you know, and if there is, you know, you can write it off as like, I don't know, the Mutara Nebula or something. It's like space fucking clouds, but not oh, like,
2: it's like. It's like gas.
3: Yeah. 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 You know, and it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just th- th- that kind of stuff like just drives me up the fucking wall. Like, well, I like, mean, like
2: when you're talking about
3: uh, Victor Coroli, you know, was, I remember the Mortimer
2: intro and it's like a you Cybertron, know, a world made entirely of metal and stuff. And then, like when they they do the first pan in this, when I saw Cybertron, I, I I'm not making this an exaggeration. I was like, I'm not impressed. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh, it's a ball with lights on it, and it looks like a rock.
4: <laughs> I I guess it's easier to animate. I, I have no idea, or they're just reusing shit they already have. Yeah. I- like- I,
3: I feel like they're just reusing stuff, like and, and mapping things onto other things. But I mean, I I you know I don't mean to make like a huge deal out of it, but it just it, it I don't know. It, it like that that's something like you, you know how like it, there are a lot of things you can do to shatter someone's suspension of disbelief, and it's like I, I I just feel like that's one of those things. It's like that is like a crying baby in the audience to me. Like this this notion of like look at the environment like what you know i i don't know i just don't get it it's like it's like why are there natural environmental things that would occur on you know to use a you know nerdy star trek terminology like cybertron is not an m-class planet but yet all the environmental aspects of it appear to be an m-class planet with some techno gunk like just you know, smooshed on the top of it. You know, it's, it's basically like you go to the playground and you go to a grassy field and then there's a motherboard on top of it. And I'm like, that's not Cybertron. Like, Cybertron's a whole planet full of motherboards. Not just a motherboard, like, you know, smashed into some mud on like a baseball field or something and that's what it you know it it literally felt like las vegas to me like i don't understand why there are clouds and rocks and and why there's like later on we'll get into this but there's an arctic circle on cybertron like really for reals like i don't know that just doesn't make any damn sense to me and then i mean i guess you asked about like other other things that Sort of, you know, whatever our commentary is. Like, was anybody else annoyed by the fact that like Optimus Prime didn't seem to know what fucking direction he was rolling out? in? <laughs> like, what was the what was the point of that scene? Like, but, like but, but, he drives... but Derek, it, it looked cool. Uh, I guess. No, I, I, I don't, <laughs> it's Like he drives in one direction. He Swerves around and rolls back in slow mo, and then drives in the completely fucking opposite direction of the way he first fucking drove off. And never mind the fact he's kind of like, All right, like later for you nerds, because like I want to get out of this show as soon as possible. And it's like, they're like, Where are you going, Optimus? Like, you have to help us rebuild. And he's like, Later for you fucking losers. Like, I'm gonna go. I mean, it was almost like it was almost like he was driving away. He's like, Oh shit, that's the wrong way. Okay. Woo, slow-mo. And then he fucking drives off in the right direction. So I think I think Optimus Prime is getting senile in this and and he really wants out of the entire, you know J- Justin. You know the,
2: Justin, you know the answer, right? Yeah. He's um... He's Tokyo drifting through
3: space. <laughs> <laughs> only only it's not space because he's on a rocky terrain picking up dust on fucking Cybertron, which makes no sense.
0: I, I was gonna say there's like there's a Japanese exclusive manga that explains some swamp light reflected off of Venus and momentarily confused his sensors. <laughs> That, that's my explanation for a lot of stuff that happens in this
3: series. Well, I mean, I, I find if I think about things too hard on this show, the old wizard Shazam pops out and goes, that way lies madness. You know, because I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I, no. I just think it would like, like after he did
2: this big, you know, huge I'm leaving scene and he tells like, you know, Mistress of Flame and Wimblade, you know, I'm gone for really reals. He stops in front of Mister Deflame and goes,
3: Hawk <laughs> 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 Like what?
4: He's like, "Out of the way, jerkass!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I just, uh, I just wanted to mention like a couple lines that like annoyed me or like just didn't make sense to me, like wasn't like at the end of combiner wars wasn't windblade all like oh like you know all dramatic and like the titans have returned or whatever but then this one she's like like when she sees like trypticon or whatever she's like oh my god a titan like what the fuck like i was like i you just <laughs> you knew they were coming back or you know they were like rising or whatever
2: <laughs> she she didn't know one was going to be a dinosaur i don't know <laughs> uh, yeah,
4: yeah she
0: maybe she wasn't expecting a giant space dinosaur i guess not.
4: <laughs> yeah but i don't and then, then the other line that bothered me was when starscream was like like i'm too young to die i'm only 100 million of uh, 108 million years old and i'm like holy shit like that's a lot of time like yeah the, like yeah that seems insane to me like To compare it to, like, the IDW universe, like, 6 million years ago is considered, like, ancient history in the, like, IDW universe. But Starscream's saying he's 108 million years old in this. So, like, I don't know. That just seems like a ridiculous, like, overinflation. And, like, I shouldn't even have to think about it because it's such a friggin' stupid, jokey, like, throwaway line. But, like, I just... But see that that's what I that's what I notice about it you you actually think about
3: what has been written down on the page and it just falls apart immediately like if you if you even if you even expend an iota of brain power on it like it, it, everything just seems to fall apart like there's lots of like like fan servicey lines in it and then when you start to like try to connect the dots of those things it just I mean, it's it's worse than DBZ movies in terms of logic and continuity or whatever you want to try to apply to it. It just kind of I don't know, it just racks my brain. And, like, something like that, like, I think that's an example of quote-unquote continuity, because you're, like, sitting there thinking to yourself about the six million years, right? And then you're like, 108, what's 108? It's like, oh, well, that's Eric Calderon's, like, apartment number he had when he wrote the script. Isn't that just clever or whatever? You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm just making some shit up. That's how many
2: failed drafts he had before he settled
3: on this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm just kind of like, you know, like, what the (laughs) fuck... Uh.
2: Um, one thing I, I will bring up before, uh, unless anybody else says anything else before we move on, um, and please bring something up because I, I I don't have a problem slamming the shit out of this, uh, is pacing. We're all going to talk about the pacing at some point. Adra's Prime, Windblade, and Mistress of Flame have the longest conversation about him not staying that I've ever heard. It's like, so you're not going to stay? No. Optimus, will you stay? No. So you sure you're leaving? Yes. Optimus, are you gonna stay? No. Are you leaving now? Yeah. Are you leaving yet? Well, not yet. Are you leaving now? Yeah, I'm gonna leave. It's like
4: yeah, you're (laughs) you're totally right. Like the dialogue is so padded and like they take forever to get to the point of what they're trying to get at, and uh, it's just mm.
2: it's painful. It really is.
4: Yeah. Oh. Um.
2: Uh. Also, uh, I was gonna ask. Oh, actually, uh, I was gonna say wrap this up, but just because I know Derek's love of uh the character. Uh, what do you think about the uh beginning of the uh Rodimus arc that goes throughout this? We'll talk about it as it happens, but
3: uh, I I mean, I I don't know what to think. I think I think when I first saw it, I there was that there's that briefest hope in me where I was like, oh, okay, Rodimus, like, okay, cool, and then like. Basically, he gets dropped off. He gets his arm back, and then he's like, "I'm tired of holding the Matrix. Goodbye." And I was just gonna <laughs> see that—that's the kind of thing in terms of not just pace but the plot, where you're like, "See, I—I I was trying to explain to Mike. I'm like, I have many rhetorical questions that will never be answered by this series. It's like, why does Rodimus Prime?" like relieve himself of the burden hardest to bear like why does he unload the matrix like is there any reason why like is there an in story reason is there any semblance of logic other than (laughs) they need to sell the goddamn titan returns hot rod like is there any reason for him to do that
2: I mean it's just a flame fail too last time so why is she still cool yeah
0: He, he didn't even use up his power he's just like goodbye you yep. skipped the first part
3: <laughs> yep. I mean I don't I mean it just it, it's like how do I feel about it I feel like oh w- well y- it's like one of those things where you're like oh for some people they they maybe they desperately want to see him as hot rod and it, it's weird I I feel like this is one of those things where kind of like Wolverine being in feature films where you you do the first arc of the Wolverine comic book miniseries. In the first Fox X-Men film, and then by the time you get to the Wolverine, you can't use the arc because you've already used it. So it's like, when they started out with Rodimus Prime as part of the council, like they, they should have thought that they had to sell a Hot Rod figure and then a Rodimus Prime figure, not... Start with him as part of the council. Like, maybe they should have had somebody else be part of the fucking council, you know, if they had thought it through. But, you know, Which, which you know, toy first. wise made sense because at that point, they didn't have a
2: Rod of goddamn figure. <laughs> right, right.
3: Yeah. I mean, it just, it, you know, it, it's like the, these are the kind of things where I'm like, oh, well, here comes, you know, Shazam to tell me, like, dude, stop because you're just going to, you're, 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 you, you are going to be like, you know, the computer. In the fucking Star Trek episode, and Kirk's gonna be like, and then this happened, and then Rodimus Prime came first, and then Hot Rod came after Rodimus Prime, and the computer's like, that's not fucking compute, you know? It's just like that's that's what I feel about that. Like, to, I hope that answers the question, but I feel like the I feel like fucking Nimrod and fucking Star Trek. Like my my head is my circuits are going to fucking go haywire because. Of all the asinine fucking shit that's done in think, terms of the plot.
4: I think, like, that kind of serves to highlight, like, how wrongheaded it was to put Rodimus, like, on a diplomatic, like, government body in the first series. Like, like who, who, who know anyone who knows, like, Hot Rod or Rodimus Prime knows that, like, you'd think he would, like, really chafe under or something like that, but... It's like, oh, let's, you know, put, he was a leader, let's put him on this, like, government council, like, that the, you know, because in, like, part of it might have been too, like, you know, Rodimus was lame or something, so we can have Optimus rebelling against Rodimus, but, I don't know, I think that just kind of highlights the flaws with the last series even more.
2: Yeah, and and again, I guess, like, you know, the the, the standout character, again, is going to be Megatron, because... Even from this, like, first, like, tiny glimpse, you're just like, man, he doesn't give a shit about this. I, I'm on board with you, Megatron. I don't give a shit about this either. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's,
3: so, so uh, sort of yeah, yeah So, speaking,
4: yeah. more, speaking more about Hot Rod, uh, Judd Nelson sounded completely interested in this material. Oh, Yes. <laughs> I'm totally on board, and I am totally <laughs> with you guys When, when all the when, time. You, when you could hear him over the friggin' obnoxious like buzzing and music in that room and like awful sound processing, yeah, he sounded... Well, first of all, obviously he doesn't sound young enough to pull off Hot Rod anymore. A, actually, second,
2: you're, you're talking about Winter Crowley? Yeah. He doesn't sound like Hot Rod, yeah. Yeah. And then second, well, of I think, all, he I, just think kinda... I
4: think they failed to get
3: the memo that that Judd Nelson is no longer a young all-American boy. You know, like as far as as far as Hot Rod's tech spec goes, like like he's in like, his 50s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like he sounds like Judd Nelson in his 50s. Like and then and then, uh, of course, it doesn't do him any favors that what you're saying is all the sound mixing is atrocious. Like, who was the dude that dropped him off to his helicopter buddy? Who is that? One of the Victorians. Oh, okay. Like, that rotor blade? Like, how, how can you hear anything? It's like one of those things where you're like, can you, I mean, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like why why does the rotor blade drown out this guy who you've clearly, you know, I mean, it's, it's still a score for this type of project where you're like, look, we've got... Peter Cullen we've got Judd Nelson we've got Michael Dorn you know we've got freaking shut up Wesley you know like we've got <laughs> these guys right you know you got Will Wheaton right it like like you have you, people you, got happy, you are <laughs> right you you've got Jason David Frank like you've got names to to you know create excitement and buzz around this project but then you drown out judd nelson's fucking voice i mean it doesn't matter i mean like i said these things are very temperamental it's like you know the crying baby in the audience i mean for me it, it's still hard to get into those you know the the adam west direct video things and and not just with adam west but with all those characters who have out aged the role in live action but they're also in animation and and you still have to struggle i think even under the best conditions which would be something like a warner brothers direct-to-video project where all the sound mixing is without reproach but here it's like not only are you dealing with the fact that okay look judd nelson is not the same age he was you know the voice is a little different it's not quite the same you can hear the age you can hear maybe as you guys are saying the 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 tired part of of his performance But then all this bullshit just doesn't do it any favors at all. This this whole mixing and basically him being drowned out by stupid fucking sound effects, whether it's like a rotor blade or whatever the fuck's going on in that goddamn room, not to mention like the voice of that room drives me up the fucking wall. <laughs> the chocolate like, it, rain that, guy? <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, is that who that is? Oh, that, that's that yeah. like, Oh, God.
3: Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I, I couldn't even tell it was it's him. Probably, you know, I, I gotta like, be honest. It, it sound like cats
2: being drowned.
3: I gotta be honest, it's probably not even that dude's fault. Like, I'm sure, you know what? I, I bet you his voice is fine, but whatever little sound wave voice embellishing I, nonsense they added to it, it Derek, I was just about, about to say that. Up the goddamn
2: wall. I was about to say that, Derek. What they did for Soundwave with Frank Welker and G One to make him sound awesome, they did the exact opposite to make this sound. <laughs> this guy sound annoying
4: as
3: fuck. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know, dude. Because like all all that stuff, I
4: thought was was really bad. Does Does anyone else have anything else to add about episode one, or should we move on?
2: Uh there's an explosion over there. I guess we should move on. <laughs> <laughs>
4: all right let's go on to episode two because there's there's still eight nine more episodes to go and we're already revved up so oh right. jesus <laughs> buckle in yeah episode two our heroes respond to the uninteresting things that are occurring <laughs> our heroes respond like that's basically like naming an episode good guys do things now like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay well anyway Trypticon begins a slow march through Cybertron's population centers uh, population is in quotation marks uh, headed towards Metroplex Windblade mentally interfaces with Metroplex and receives a rush of future visions including a flaming smiley face after hearing Metroplex's origin story he she learns that he is planning on leaving Cybertron but will confront Trypticon before he does so She also learns that he is one day away from retirement, and his daughter is growing up fast. (laughs) (laughs) Windblade rushes to find help, which entails slowly walking into Perceptor's lab while he exposits on the strange readings he he took from Starscream's corpse. They suggest the enigma of combination which had altered Starscream may be older than the ancient primes themselves. Perceptor finally notices the ruckus going on outside, and sees Trypticon on a rampage. He and Windblade depart to find the Mistress of Flame and mount a counterattack. At the Primal Basilica, the Mistress meets with Perceptor and Windblade, and she orders the Elite Air Resistance Squadron to attack Tripticon. Windblade heads out to be at Metroplex's side, and Perceptor suggests that the decommissioned and hidden Fortress Maximus may be their best hope at stopping this threat. The Mistress dispatches the Combiners, led by Victorion, to locate Fortress Maximus, and radios Rodimus, only to find that he is Hot Rod once again. Hot Rod reassures her that he'll figure out a way to beat Trypticon without the Matrix, and heads to the battle. The elite air Resistance squadron attack Trypticon, but are easily vanquished. Finally, Metroplex arrives on the scene, and the two Titans get ready to clash. So yeah, that's uh, episode two. I passed out for a minute. What happened?
0: Oh. <laughs> our, Dumb our, stuff
4: happened slowly.
0: Our characters need a script. A script to make them go.
4: <laughs> uh, so
3: I, I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that that Windblade has Nicholas Hammond spider sense.
4: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, she sees like
3: she she just stops like the screen flashes and then she sees like crappy images from like episodes like seven and eight or whatever and then. Yeah. Uh, one one thing I will
2: say, um, even though it happens a little bit later on in this very short episode, if you like a character, they're probably going to die, and by that I mean even tertiary characters, because as far as I could tell, the goddamn like you know Air Resistance Force was Thundercracker, Skywarp, Sunstorm, like the Decepticon and- Seekers, and they're just killed.
0: And purple With stuff. No no dialogue. Huh? And
2: per- and
4: purple stuff, yeah.
2: Yeah. It was just like no dialogue. They're just there and they're they're dead. They're gone. And it's just like <laughs> and <clears throat> the, the thing that pissed me off the most is they're actually attacking Trypticon, and he's like, Oh, I better take care of these guys. And here's my thinking as like a like a story. Windblade attacks him by herself and he gives no fuck. So I'm thinking Windblade is useless then cuz she can't do anything. He actually thought those guys were a bigger threat than her, so why do I care about her? Cuz we get into some Mary Sue shit with Windblade. And before anybody says anything in comments or like, you know, like, "Oh, Windblade's awesome." In the comics she's great. But goddamn, she's such a Mary Sue in the fucking Machinima like universe.
0: I was excited for like two seconds because I thought maybe we would see like, you know, the aerial bots and maybe Power Glide and Skyfire and hell, even stupid tracks flying around and shit like that. But no, we got we got four seekers and then they did nothing. They died. And I mean, they definitely look like G1 characters, but I'm like, well, they didn't say anything. So they might have just been generic guys. There, there
2: There is that out. There is. But you forget, Justin, there's only like ten people on
0: Cybertron. That that's right. Yes. I I love when they were like I love when they were like evacuate the city and I'm like, There's nobody there to begin with.
4: It's already evacuated. Uh, there's no one here. The city is
0: empty. Evacuated again.
4: Uh, when, you, when you said purple stuff, Justin, all I thought about was like Trypticon, like destroying them and being like, uh, "Let's see, Thundercracker, Skywarp, like purple stuff." Ooh, Sunny Storm! All right.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, this is uh, the the I guess the you know no no joke intended prime episode where we get introduced to dumb Perceptor.
0: I I didn't understand his like science because he was like. Look at this molecule. It's so new that it's ancient. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah.
2: I d- it hasn't aged a day. It must be old. I'm like, how does that fucking work? I'm
0: like, I I I don't
3: understand. <laughs> I, I don't understand the science of what Perceptor is telling us. Yes.
4: I was talking to it, Derek like earlier about this episode because I like Perceptor makes this bizarre reference where he's like, when he hears like the ruckus going on outside, he's kind of like, what in the name of Red Alerts Lawn's delight samples is going on? And, like, if you turn on the official subtitles for that episode, it it is, it, 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 it they do that line as, what in the name of Red Alert's Lawn's Daylight samples is going on? But, like, Lawn's Daylight yeah. is an act- actual mineral, like, or it's something, like, from Meteor Impacts, or something that's, like, formed. Oh. So, yeah, okay. but, like, even, even with the correct, like, knowledge of what that line is, it barely makes sense to me, because it's, like... I don't know, like, I was telling Derek, like, why would Red Alert be collecting meteorite samples? Like, what what does that have to do with him, like, at all? Like, so, I don't know, it, it, it's I, I, another, it's one of those, like, that like that line from last episode about the 108 million years that, like, it sounds like a, like, funny, goofy Transformers reference, but it doesn't, like, make any sense.
2: No, I, I, I had a Justin moment, because I was like, oh, they said Red Alert! What, what the fuck is that shit after that? I don't even know. <laughs> it's like, oh, red alert. Oh, he's not I, here.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't understand what he said at all, and I was just like, I I didn't care either.
3: That, that's kind of what was funny was was I, the first time I watched this, and yes, I watched this twice, feel sorry for me. So the first time I watched this, I had the same reaction you guys did. I was just like, what? It, it's kind of like how I treat capaldi who now where i don't understand something i just keep going i keep trucking through it it doesn't matter like i was like lawns whatever I, well i don't know what the fuck he's talking about let's let's just keep on getting samou
4: flange
3: yeah, exactly <laughs> samou flange like let's just keep keep going and then and then i looked at the wiki page and then and then i read what what mike had updated there and i was just kind of like sitting there going oh okay, I would have never gotten that in a million years, you know, and I'm like, that makes a little more sense to me, even though I was not, see, Shazam was there telling me, do not go down the rabbit hole with Red Alert, and why Red Alert is looking for this shit, like, just accept that, like, you're like, oh, that's a word, and I can understand it, like, great, yay, like, victory, like, to me, I'm like, it's not a rhetorical question anymore, it's not rhetorical, I understand, you know, like, so so there was that, but otherwise, like, I just kind of, I don't know, like like I, I, I feel like the first time I watched these, and like the same I, I feel like the same is true of Fortress Maximus, like, it's weird that they got these huge names and it's almost like, I don't know if it's an age thing, if it's a tech thing, because of what we're talking about with Judd Nelson, but like you spend all this money getting these big names and it's almost like they're unrecognizable, like like I don't yeah. think I, I don't think it dawned on me that it was Will Wheaton when I first heard him. It, it definitely didn't dawn on me when I heard Michael Dorn as Fortress Maximus, but I'm sure oh, we'll talk oh. about that later. You know.
2: Um, I, I think one of the things that like uh, Mike or Derek, is like Derek saw it twice. One thing I had a big disconnect with is like there's a scene where like Windblade is talking about Trypticon and stuff like that, and he's like stepping on. The city, like Metroplex City, not Metroplex himself, just like the uh, outskirts and stuff. And he's wrecking shit. And then at the end of the episode, he's still miles away. And I'm like, where the fuck is Car? Is <laughs> like, was that a premonition? Or because I never knew Windblades do that. And I'm just like, I don't know where things are now. <laughs> Well, it's like Windblade's I don't know where like, is.
4: When <laughs> Windblade sees that massive explosion and she sees like a, t- a Titan, like giant space dinosaur, on a rampage, and she's like, "I've got to go get help." And then, like the next scene, she's like casually sauntering into Perceptor's lab. Like, yeah, you're, like you were in a real rush. Like,
3: yeah. Well, I, I, but I, that's I, what's funny yeah. is she's like, she's like, she's very dismissive and very. Uh, she down-talks to him. You talk about, like, mansplaining. Like, she totally, like, I don't know, She she's emasculating him, where she's like, are there any warriors here? I need, like, a warrior. Is there, like, a warrior in the room? And it's like, Perceptor's like, hey, guess what, Windblade? I got something to show you. Yeah, uh, whatever, whatever. Is there a warrior here? You know, and of course, there are no warriors, so, of course, Perceptor has to go with her. But it's, like, it's very kind of, like, you're just a nerd. I don't need a nerd. I need a warrior. You know, and yeah, like, it's like all and
2: right. all three of us are like it's like Perceptor's a sniper. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Perceptor's badass. <laughs> you know, and that's it, that's
0: see, yeah. that's just a, like another like glaring thing. It's like the people who wrote this couldn't even be bothered to do like Linkara level preparation by looking at a frickin' Wikipedia entry.
1: Yeah. Then you, yeah. You, then
0: you could have avoided the whole, like, shut up, nerd, like,
2: he was a goddamn wrecker. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, it, it should be like, she, like, hurriedly flies to Percentor's lab because she knows he's around. She's like, oh my God, you got to come with me because, like, it's blowing up. And he's like, okay. And he, like, you know, his, like, little sniper scope slides over his eye. He grabs his gun. He's like, let's do this. But no, like you get like this like scene that just goes on and on. He's like, "Look at this, look, look what I found, look." And she's like, "Shut up, nerd." And that's that's like that's the scene for like three minutes. Almost it's like, like oh, yeah.
3: "Okay, nerd, if it makes you go faster and we eventually find a warrior, I guess I'll look down your scope. No, no innuendo there, nerd. You know, it's just like what, nerd." Yeah, it's like yeah, she yeah,
2: you're right, Eric. She is very dismissive and you you too, Justin, is like it, it, she she looks down on this guy. And even though in the previous episode we didn't mention this, like Optimus says, like, you know, who should join the council of like uh whatever, Galactic Peace and Stupidity after Rodimus, you know, takes off, he's like, you know, Perceptor. If she's
3: like Perceptor, you know. Oh yeah, the, the Mistress of Flame is even in on it. she's like, Perceptor's a nerd. We don't need him on the council. Yeah, yeah. because it's... the
0: previous council members made such great decisions.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's like because because you know we need good qualified members like Starscream, what? and yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: we need we need people to govern this empty city.
0: Find me Bludgeon and Bonsai Trot now. Yeah. What about Perceptor? No, he's a nerd. Get him out of here. <laughs> we need someone who's super cool.
2: Has anybody uh, seen Tarn or Turmoil anywhere?
4: Yeah. Driftakoon, Coon, oh, where are you? This this was
3: the this was the episode that you could potentially use as a no prize on why Jud Nelson sounds
4: like he's talking out of his hand because yeah.
3: This is the episode where he gets the wackadoo faceplate or whatever out of nowhere. So God, I, I, I,
2: I, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you just, uh, just, but Mike, as far as I know, I could be wrong. Rodimus or Hot Rod has never had a goddamn faceplate, as far as I know.
4: Never, I don't think. That that
0: bugs the crap out of me. Like I, I have this, I don't know pet peeve about Transformers and their face plates. Okay, so like it's cool in Beast Wars that Optimus Primal didn't have a faceplate. He had a mouth. He had like a mouth guard that would come over like when he's about to die or something. Okay, you know, whatever. Ever since then, people have like been wanting to give Optimus Prime a mouth and that bugs the crap out of me. I'm like, you don't I'm need to board. give Optimus Prime a mouth. He doesn't need it. Why don't you just save your budget and make a little box and make it move? Like, don't... He doesn't need a mouth. Even in the movies, they want to give him a stupid mouth. This is the opposite. It's like... Hot Rod, Rodimus, as far as I know, has never had anything like that ever. Unless there's, like, some obscure Japanese manga where he has one for, like, ten seconds. So, like, he demotes himself... He's zipping around on the Cybertron speedway, just like, you know, having a free will in time or whatever. And he's like, "Okay, let's do this or whatever. And this little like shredder mouth plate comes over his mouth. And I'm like, why do you need that? And You know what? I don't care. Spoilers. The end of this series, the big spoiler after Prime dies and all that crap, you see that overlord has turned hot rod into what we know as rodimus unicronus and i like i knew it was coming anyone with two brain cells to rub together knew it was coming and i was like this is going to be a cool reveal because we're going to see but, but, basically evil we're going to see evil rodimus with his but, badass mustache but, we exactly don't see that thing. because of his stupid <laughs> not
2: that's what is his biggest like defining feature the goddamn mustache and beard
0: Let's not show that. See the name though. The faceplate doesn't even make any sense because you're like, well, they did it for the dialogue and stuff. We're like, why did he have the stupid faceplate at the end of the series when he didn't even say anything? He just showed up.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know what else? Like ignoring the old wizard Shazam for a moment. Like, (laughs) come along on a ride with me into madness, right? Like, all right. So you've got Rodimus Prime, right? Rodimus Prime gives up the Matrix. Fuck if I know. why he does that but he gives up the matrix he's now hot rod right him and mistress of flame have this awkward fucking conversation about that you know oh uh, okay, hot mistress. rod <laughs> you know like all this kind of nonsense so he's not a prime anymore right but in my childlike tomski oldie way of thinking i'm like sitting here trying to like rationalize it ignoring The good advice of the old Wizard Shazam, do not go down this road, right? But I'm sitting there thinking to myself, all right, why does he have the faceplate? I'm like, well, could it be that this is kind of leading into Power of the Primes, and they're trying to sell the Power of the Prime Hot Rod slash Rodimus Prime figure? And I'm like, maybe that's why he has a faceplate, because, you know, Optimus Prime has a faceplate, so maybe it kind of proves that he's, you know, like Rodimus Prime.
4: (laughs) Oh, wait! He's not fucking
3: Rodimus Prime! Why does he fucking have a faceplate? Like... Yeah, oh, why, why does he have it on his lesser form? Yeah, I yeah yeah, I just, it may, yeah. Just, you know it's like so you're you're sitting there like desperately trying to come up with some convoluted logic to why they're doing things, but you know it just it makes no sense.
4: We're we're very so I think like the summary of this episode is we're very upset about the faceplate. Yes, <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. we are. <laughs> No, uh, I, I agree geez. with all you've said, but, uh, any, any well, I minute mean, anything else or should, shall we move on?
2: Um, uh, it's, it's a fucking fish. It's cyber fish in a barrel. Keep going.
4: Alrighty. So episode three, the fight begins to get boring immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know it's bad when like your
4: your third episode is the fight fucking begins really now yep so anyway the fight begins metroplex and trypticon run into each other at a painfully slow clip and clang together while everyone watches Windblade thinks she hears Starscream's voice emanating from Trypticon. Hot Rod is still on his way to to the fight, and Optimus receives a vision of future events, which make him turn back as well. The Mistress of Flame and Perceptor speculate on what Trypticon wants, to which Perceptor drops this gem. He may want one thing, or everything. (laughs) Yeah, real helpful there, Perceptor.
2: He may want tacos, or maybe pizza, I don't know, Uh. fuck it.
4: The mistress. Of... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I know it's it's awful. Like I had to uh, highlight that line. But... Uh... So anyway, the the mistress of flame is like, shut up, Wesley, and she she departs. <laughs> the miss the mistress of flame departs to pray the titan away. <laughs> On the ground, Optimus has arrived and is joined by Megatron as the two watch the Titans struggle. Optimus believes that this is a sign of the apocalypse and wishes Megatron farewell. Megatron continues on from the last series to give no fucks. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Combiners have located Fortress Maximus in an inexplicably frozen wasteland but he seems inert. Menasaur touches a button, which apparently causes a missile to launch from Maximus. Victorian wonders if that missile will be their salvation, or their da 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 ultimate doom. And that's episode three.
2: You know, I was uh, standing on my front porch yesterday, and there's like two people just shooting each other, and one of them said I had a bomb, and then a building collapsed behind it. And I was like, man, we should keep talking. Why are you fucking talking when your fucking city's being destroyed? Hey, 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 hey. Like, hey, hey, hey. Don't snap a fan
3: belt, Tony.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Mistress of Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Mistress of Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God! no one but, uh, a Tony anymore Tony, you just
4: you, Tony, you just put like a mental image of my head like you said <laughs> like if you were if you were watching a friggin like fight from your porch and it was just like two fat people in the middle of the street just running into each other over and over again it's like it's like the exact same thing that Trypticon and Metroplex are doing here like, you know, no Batman. no no you
2: you you coined, you coined it right, Mike, a battle between Trypticon and Metroplex. Should not be boring. It was boring as fuck.
3: Yeah, not not to get too deep into it, but the 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 fight I think has the same problem that that the red letter media guys always mention in the prequels. Like, there's no there, there's no sense of urgency in any of these fights because it takes like it takes so long for Metroplex to throw a goddamn punch, and then and then you're like sitting there kind of going like, well. If if Prime and Megatron can like sit there and have crumpets and tea while this is going <laughs> on, like it can't be it can't be that serious. Like if when the punch happens, then there's like a shockwave that like you know smashes all the windows and they kind of like you know flinch or something while they're having the crumpets and tea, then at least maybe hey you know you you, you see there's 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 something going on, but this you know, this doesn't really make any sense. I mean, it's like, it's like somehow, like, Starscream gave Trypticon indigestion, and now he burps, like, these purple fart burps or whatever, and, like, see, this is, this is one of those rhetorical, unanswerable questions, like, other than fan service. Like, what is the point of Starscream possessing Trypticon? Like, not much less, why is Starscream still in this series? But, like, what... Like what? What's the goal here? Like, what is he doing? Like, why? Why Tripticon? What? Why can't Tripticon just wake up and be like Tripticon yeah. and like try to stuff? Like, why? Why does Starscream have to possess Tripticon to do bad things? Like, why can't Tripticon just do bad things?
2: And, and the animation models don't help either because when they face off. Cryptocon is noticeably shorter than Metroplex. And I'm like, why is this big guy who has arms, like, you know, human arms, having trouble with T-Rex arms? You know? <laughs> it's like, and I'm, I'm going to scratch go it. Their,
3: they go Ooh. out of their way to telegraph that Metroplex is like, he's really under the weather, bro. <laughs> it's like, the only reason why they do that is because they need to, like, they need to introduce Fortress Maximus midway through the series. But I'm like, I was <laughs> yeah. just like, he's under the weather from what exactly? Like, like... Waking up? <laughs> like, he's like, uh, uh, like, I've been doing this for a while, and then I woke up, and now, like, I, I just, you know, I don't feel so good, and, you know... I'm just like I don't, I don't understand. Like, like I, I
4: hinted at last episode summary. It's like I, I thought they were like since we already knew that Fortress Maximus was showing up. I thought they were telegraphing like super hard that Metroplex was obviously going to lose or die or whatever. So
2: yeah, I and mean, it... I well see that this is this is actually the episode where I I don't understand the uh, toy tie-in anymore. Because Metroplex comes up and he's wanting to fight Ace he's getting his ass handed to him and I'm like, okay, <clears throat> he was in Combiner Wars. Got it. He's, he's the old toy, so he's gotta go away, you know, like, fucking the movie. But the Combiners are just like, first and foremost, in a lot of scenes, and they're like, they're fighting Fortress Maximus. Amazingly, really quick, because Perceptor's like, I don't know where he is. Maybe Compry Truck can find him. He's like, he's over there. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, fuck it, we found him. And <laughs> it's like, it's really that quick. It's like, they found Fortress Maximus, <laughs> And it's like, and, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it fucking hurts my goddamn brain. And also, I wanted to say this uh, before we move on. Why did they pick, besides Devastator, like, the worst combiners? As far as, like, Copytron is kind of cool. Not a lot of character. Ministor is fucking stupid. Victorion. Hey, let's bring in the new girl, because we have toys. We don't have Superion. We don't have Bruticus. Shit, you guys know how much I love Defensor. He he would have been more apt for this than, like, this fucking quartet of fucking but Tony, fuck-ups. Tony.
4: Tony, they would have to make new models to put those guys in here. They don't have the money for that. They only have the money to hire bored-sounding celebrities. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of that, I, I mentioned
2: Dashy earlier. He talks more than uh, Devastator and Computron, and his whole thing is like, what? Why? Why are we going to do this? What? Hey, what? What do we do now? I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and sadly, he's the voice of the audience because we're like, "What? Why?" <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, there's there's one thing like I, I'd like to bring up here that comes up a lot in this series, like as it goes on, and like uh, it starts here. It's like there's no sense of like distance in this series either. Like oh, it's like no, no. the com- the combiners who, as far as we know, have to run everywhere. Like left last episode, and then all of a sudden they're in some like weirdly ar- arctic wasteland at the end of this episode. Like and, and
2: how long? Pointed out where's that? <laughs> yeah, well, where yeah, the that, hell was that?
4: Yeah. Okay,
3: so d- let me just interject. Sorry to interrupt your thought, but it's like okay, so we're at the fucking Arctic Circle, and then meanwhile. Optimus Prime is somehow driven from fucking Cybertron all the way to the Rocky Mountains USA, because he's on the fucking (laughs) Interstate 88 or whatever, and then he's, like, all of a sudden, he's like, wait a minute, I've been driving the wrong way this whole time, and I won't look cool (laughs) turning around this time. Now I'm gonna drive back, you know, and I'm just kinda like, you know, like... Did you, did you forget your keys, Optimus? Okay, whatever. You know, like, it's really fucking dumb. But I'm sorry to interrupt, but that part of it, I hate that scene. It's fucking dumb. And then they're in the Arctic Circle, and it makes no <laughs> sense. Go <laughs> ahead. I was just... I'll just try to, like, my Hot
4: Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, left... I left my Hot Pockets in the in the microwave. I left the microwave on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's that's what that flaming face means. The hot pockets are being overcooked. <laughs>
3: uh, it's like no wonder Triptychods burping
4: purple gas. Oh, <laughs> like, Friggin', friggin' He's like Jim Jim Gaffigan is sending me mental messages through the matrix like
1: hot pockets. Hot pockets. <laughs>
4: Well, speaking of the the viewers' like voice, like the only part that I really like laughed at, I guess, in this uh, episode was when Megatron is like, when like Optimus is like, you know, aren't you worried? And Megatron's like, oh, you're being dramatic. Like, I'm sure someone will do something, and this will all work itself out. Like, I'm like, yeah, it will. Like, you know exactly what's gonna happen, Megatron. Like,
3: <laughs> is this he found the plot? <laughs> is, is this the episode where Megatron says the Crime that he killed him once. Yeah. Why like, are you, are you, are you I, so mad about me killing you? Yeah. I I didn't I didn't want to forget this because it, it comes up a lot throughout the course of this this series. But this is a perfect example of it's it's like this absent-minded fan service. Like like okay like I know the the joke on the TF wiki is like, well, when didn't Prime die, you know, and they, they link to like all the different versions of Prime's death or whatever. But I think, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I think the version I think of is Transformers the movie, right? So then Shazam's here trying to like shove me away from going down this road. But I'm like, no, no, move out of the way, old wizard. We're going there. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, if Prime died in the movie, wasn't, Devastator and Combiners there in that movie when he died that first time, but yet Combiners didn't exist until the beginning of this. Like, I you know, it's just like, and then what, and if it's not Transformers the movie, then, like, what death is it? Is it the floppy disk death? Is it, like, some, is it, like, an IDW death? Like, what death, and did Megatron kill him in the IDW death? Like, I don't, like, what you know, it's like that's the kind of roads my mind goes down. on. I'm just gonna like I, this. Does this make any sense other than it's a fan service line that has absolutely no correspondence to the story that they're at? Well, I the story quote unquote that they're actually trying to tell.
4: I, I actually
2: have no idea what universe this yeah. takes place in.
4: Yeah, it's like I have no answer for you. It's like I, I think they well, want that, to.
3: that's like, why I said I know they're rhetorical questions that are never going to be answered because there is no answer. I mean, it it's, doesn't make any fucking sense.
2: Yeah, because we have like G1 Megatron, G1 Optimus more or less, and then we have Windblade, and then we have I, I, I don't. Yeah, because I, I, I you're know what's there thinking,
3: you're, you're sitting there thinking, oh well, G1 Optimus could have come back, you know, after the headmasters you know three-part rebirth but then it's like galvatron was still around not megatron but if this is idw continuity those are two different people but yet it can't be the re you know like you're just like what i mean obviously this has no tie into anything so it's futile trying to tie it into anything but then it's like if it has no tie to anything why are you making these goddamn references to (laughs) shit to tie into it, like, like it's like fucking Perceptor's line. It could be one thing, could be everything. It's like, no, it can't be. It can't be. <laughs> it's, it
2: can't be. It has to make sense at some point, God damn it. <laughs> but they don't. They don't care. I, 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 I have no idea where the Prime Wars trilogy sprung out of. it it, it, it honestly is
3: fanfic i think well it seems i mean it seems like i mean if you if you're really desperately trying to nail down some semblance of logic it sounds like somewhere along the way it started out as a potential animated tie-in to the idw comics And And then then to tell their own story, they just kind of went off in their own direction. And then they started, you know, inserting all these what I'm calling (laughs) absent-minded fan service, which just don't make a lick of sense. And then I I don't know, this may be another rhetorical question there's no answer for, but they, they go to find Fortress Maximus. In the Arctic Circle, and they, the Menosaur is the one who presses the button, right? That launches the missile. Like, why did they press that button? Like, did they think Fortress Maximus was going to wake up when they pressed the well, button? Well, no, like, no. Like,
2: a better question is like, what Mike is posited in the, the, the message boards, why the fuck was the Emissary in that fucking missile at that fucking time?
4: yeah i don't know we'll 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 go more into that like a couple episodes from now but yeah like justin do you have anything else to add on this episode no okay (laughs) that's all that's all i wanted to hear like let's and and anyone else have anything else to add or no this is dumb (laughs) this is dumb okay yes let's move let's continue on with the dumbness yeah and hopefully our brain cells will survive uh (laughs) Welcome to Titans Return, fanholes. Hope you survived the experience. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, hope your brain cells survived the experience.
3: But machinima of doom.
4: Yes. All right. Episode four: Overlord and emissary are characters that don't actually amount to much in this show. <laughs> In the Primal Basilica, the Mistress of Flame is praying to the 13 original Primes when who should appear but Foghorn Leghorn? No, it's just Overlord, who states he's been watching the events of last series from the shadows and was just as baffled at them as the rest of us. (laughs) The Mistress attempts to put up a fight, but her staff donks are completely ineffective against Overlord, who bashes her around. She summons a bunch of sentries to fire upon him, but this has little effect as well. Meanwhile, the missile fired from Fortress Maximus approaches Metroplex, and the Titan Master Emissary emerges from within. The missile strikes Metroplex in the back, and Emissary enters the giant Autobot to give him a power boost. Emissary's power grants Metroplex the ability to fire a heat ray from his optics, but it isn't enough to stop Trypticon from ripping his arm off. Back at the Basilica, the, mis- the Mistress tries to her shadow clone Jutsu on Overlord, but once again fails to do him any harm. Overlord asks where Megatron is, and the Mistress is unable to answer, so he tosses her into the room's overhead lights, which electrocutes her and as he takes off in search of Megatron. Back at Fortress Maximus, Victorion orders Computron to take command of the base's weapons to launch a strike on Trypticon. Despite the others' protests, Victorion believes Metroplex is now a lost cause and they must defeat Tripticon. Fort Max's various weapons batteries fire a volley into the air that head towards the fight. So yeah, that's uh this episode. Um I let me say, like Overlord's been, you know, in you know, Master Force and he's been in the IDW comics for years now. And when you asked me to imagine what his voice sounded like, it wasn't foghorn leghorn so yeah. i think
3: I think I was more I was more nice at first. I eventually came to the Foghorn Leghorn thing. Once he started calling, calling Hot Rod Boy, like I say, I say, boy, you know, <laughs> it's time to make you Rodimus Unicronus, boy. Like then I went to the Foghorn Leghorn. But I think at first I, I was like, well, you know, at least Rhett Butler kills off the stupid Mistress of Flame. Like at least, at least there's some positivity I can take out of this episode because like I hate the fuck and mistress of flame so i was like at least i was like at least rhett butler overlord like took her out or whatever you know and it's like it's i don't know to me it is kind of amusing that she's like she's giving like a hundred ten percent to trying to beat the shit out of him and he just kind of sits there and takes it and like he's not even taking it it's almost like it's just this annoying flea that's, like, just buzzing her, around him, you know?
4: Her her donk foo was ineffective.
3: Yes. Very ineffective. Extremely ineffective.
2: Actually, that's one of the things that kind of annoyed me, but in a weird way, because I'm not a huge fan of Mistress of Flame, um, but she's a more established character in this continuity than Overlord, but on the same token, I really like Overlord, I bought the toy. Yay! Buy it from Hasbro, shop dot com or some shit. But uh you know, him owning her was like made sense, but also her getting her ass kicked was like, uh ah, well, she's an important character, and I'm like kind of torn by that. It's kinda like what you're saying, Derek, like the the new character owning the old character, and in this continuity, like you know, Mr. Flame is the oldest character before Overlord. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's Overlord. Fuck it, I like Overlord. Um, I was like, that, I think on I that note, no. Yeah, I I don't want Overlord to be like, you know, like, just like try my new uh, fried chicken breast. It's delicious and crispy. I say, I say, you know, you're a chicken hawk if you don't like it. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's <laughs> Mistress of Flames' own fault for calling fucking Perceptor a nerd. <laughs> I think I think she deserves to fucking like, die.
4: Come up and
3: yeah, this <laughs> sounds like yeah. I say I say there will be no calling of Chicken Hawks as nerds. I say. <laughs> uh, it's
0: just, so so Mike, I know. I know you like Cyclops. So did it please you to see Metroplex turn into Cyclops?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what <laughs> I thought. Seriously, It's, like, it's like, just like. Bow.
0: And did it also please you when he later died like Cyclops? <laughs>
4: uh, uh, fuck you, Justin. <laughs> uh, go to hell. I think, uh, uh, um,
1: well, I guess if, if
4: I lost all my Marvel Legends like Cyclopses, like I could buy a Metroplex and he could be my Cyclops.
2: But, but, but honestly, Justin makes a good point. Emissary comes in there and he's like, I'll help you, Metroplex. Fire beam does shit, and like Derek was talking before we started the podcast,
3: he gets his arm ripped off. Like, how the fuck are you helping? (laughs) You know what? I I mean, I think you're being generous because you're, I mean, I don't know, like, I feel like I watched it twice, right? And you're saying, you know, in your synopsis that that Trypticon ripped off Metroplex's arm, but like that, like what, this is, this is me. I'm, I'm an innocent bystander having tea and crumpets with Megatron and Optimus off to the side. <laughs> like this is, this is what I saw. I saw, I saw the beam cut into his arm. You know, just, just so, so people can c- follow along. I saw Menasaur press a button, shoot a missile. The missile hits Metroplex, like if you're going to fucking fire a (laughs) missile, like maybe you'd hope, I don't know, it hit the fucking bad guy, like maybe the missile should hit, I don't know, fucking Trypticon, but no it hits Metroplex so then we're supposed to discern that that was a good thing it was a good thing that the (laughs) missile hit Metroplex I don't know how you were supposed to know that but it's a good thing it was a dumb missile missile. (laughs) because I got personality eat shit you are, I'm here to help Emissary <laughs> is there, Emissary with personality, is there to <laughs> help Metroplex. How does he help Metroplex? Well, he plugs into Metroplex. He's, he's a Titan Master. He, he, he's there to help. So he plugs into Metroplex. Metroplex now has Cyclops optic blasts. He shoots off the optic blast kind of haphazardly. Doesn't really seem to help at all. And then before you know it, to me, what it looked like, as the innocent bystander having tea and crumpets with Optimus and Megatron, was that the optic blast blew off his own arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What it looked yeah. like to me. Yeah. And I was just like, well, wait a minute, you're here to help, but then now this, I conceivably, for whatever reason we don't know, this tired, <clears throat> dilapidated Titan... You know who's exhausted and doesn't apparently have the wherewithal to go head to head with Tripticon on his own. If we're following the logic of the story, has now been given this mad power up, which he conceivably cannot control, and it doesn't do him any favors. And he ends up like severing one of his arms. And I was just gonna like what you know. And again, like Tony said, how how is how you are not helping. You're not helping like. You know, it
4: doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But he was like Titan Master Fortress Power. Titan Master <laughs> Fortress Power. Can,
0: can we talk about missiles? I'm using air quotes. You can't say it. Can we talk about missiles for a second? Because the they're not, like, they're not the laser, laser beams. Ha- Goddamn it! The, <laughs> the cliffhanger here is they're they're scr- struggling with this decision to fire on Tripticon. Well, we might hit Metroplex. They fire missiles. They're clearly not missiles. They're lasers.
2: Yeah, that, that actually pissed me off, too, because I was like, oh, cool. If I had, like, a BB gun, I could shoot a missile out of it.
4: Yeah. I they're barrels. They're, they're gun barrels. Gun barrels. Again, Again, I think it's probably just it comes down to what was easier to animate, I think, basically. And yes, it's, like, incredibly stupid, but, like... So that's that, that's it's easier to animate
3: ice and a sun in the Arctic region of Cybertron, because I guess that's what they're used to. You, you, know, you know what? You know how before you were saying, like, it kind of doesn't make any sense that Metroplex has, you know, he is, he, he is a personified human form. Like, he's got, you know... Thumbs and and a fist and arms and everything. Like, how does that... Shouldn't that clearly outclass Trypticon's little tiny T-Rex hands, right? Like, he's got way more reach, you know, on Trypticon and all that other stuff. Now, now, uh, follow this with me. Now, Metroplex is missing one of his arms. Like, (laughs) the amount of time it takes for him to give those repeated right hooks to trypticon's face like you think in between like one of those 20 minute punches this is an 11 minute show in between one of those 20 minute punches that he gives like three times so it felt like i was watching him punch trypticon for like an hour in this 11 minute piece it felt like an hour long these three punches like couldn't trypticon conceivably i don't know burp a purple fart in his face or you know, swat him with his tail or, you know, like, clearly his whole, like, left side is wide fucking open. Like, I mean, I'm thinking yeah. of it, I'm thinking of it too logically. I'm like, I'm thinking of it like a boxer. I'm like, oh, he, he, he has no guard, you know, he has no guard on his left side, but do they ever exploit that? Like, not really. Like, it's just, he's sitting there, like, repetitively punching for, like, so I'm like, it took you an hour to punch this guy, and yet the guy couldn't even, you know, Tripticon couldn't, you know, muster up any I mean, you know, back, you know.
2: Anyway, not not to bring logic into it, but like whether he says dinosaurs are scary to humans is because they're bigger than us. If a human was taller than a dinosaur, which Metroplex is compared to Triptychon, the dinosaur would be like, oh shit, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Because he has more mobile legs, longer reach, and he can. Beat the shit! I, I know I'm talking about Machinima. They they they're just like rainbow colors and star fields and shit. But it's <laughs> just like this fight makes no sense because all Trypticon does is roar and headbutt. Fucking Metroplex, that's his fucking move for like half the
3: goddamn series. But but think about it, Tony. It's like there's, there's another step to your little analogy because Tom Hiddleston is possessing the dinosaur that is your size. <laughs> so, He's got Fanora. God damn just, it. Just, just, just throwing that in there. Just throwing that in there. You know, you know what else was there? They, they made that comment on the TF Wiki, and I don't know if this is something you edited in or not, Mike, but there's a comment on the TF Wiki about how Computron is not. Really voicing his his catchphrases correctly because apparently, like, whoever you know, Calderon or whatever, it's like basically he just put datum in front of anything that Computron says, where it's just like, you know, it's like datum, I am taking a shit, you know, and it's like, no, that's not how that works. Like, it's like if you want to get to I am taking a shit, Computron should be like datum, there are four toilets nearby, datum. (laughs) The closest is two meters away. Conclusion, I will take a shit in two meters. And then two meters later, he's like, (laughs) I am taking a shit. You know, you don't just jump to, like, datum shit. You know, like, the, you, don't, you can't do that. Like that. That's not how it works. Yeah. You know? like that's no, not, I
4: didn't add that, but yeah, you're right. That's, it's right. But that's yeah. not, that's well, not well,
3: the use, that's not, like, that's not the correct use of the terminology as applies to the character. Like, it just doesn't make well, any I, sense. I, I, think we, I think we'd
2: all agree that all the combiners, including the, the gods and Victorian, are stupid as shit in, the, in this series and the last series. They're just, they're dumb. They're very, very dumb.
4: It's like Menosor and Devastator are too dumb, and Computron is too smart.
3: Uh, Datum, I am smart. <laughs> Datum, this I show is so. dumb.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. Datum, uh, why and, do I know I like Superior? <laughs> uh, any anything else about this episode, or shall we move? Oh wait, I, I had one more thing to add. Um. When when Miss and it's a it's a minor thing, but I, I guess like it bothered me just because it's like one of those like little like absent-minded nods that like they could have fixed if they just did a little research. But like Mistress of Flame, like she talks about like the thirteen or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Sent, Sentinel Prime is one of the thirteen, which he has never been and is not. Like, and I feel like why why would you even make that reference? Like you can. There's a whole. You know, well researched article on the 13 on the like wiki on the internet, like you could easily avoid mistakes like that. Like, so why is that being written into the show? Like, well, well, Justin said it
2: best about an episode ago. They don't reach it, yeah. I
4: they, guess
0: not. They can yeah. even do like Linkara level research, yeah. Date yeah.
3: datum. Linkara could have written a better web series than this guy, <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Alright, well, let's, I guess we'll move on there. Driving yeah. on, yeah. Yeah. Episode 5. At the last second, I had an aneurysm and didn't have to watch the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Rod arrives on the scene as Metroplex is on his last legs against Trypticon. The titanic Autobot tells Emissary to exit him as he hasn't much time left. Hot Rod and Windblade try to distract Trypticon, but it is to no avail as he leaps high in the air and crashes down on Metroplex's downed form, deactivating him. Emissary escapes from Metroplex and makes a break for it, but Trypticon scoops him up in his jaws and swallows the Titan Master. With Emissary ensnared within him, Trypticon gains the ability to breathe fire and unleashes it on Windblade and Hot Rod. At the Primal Basilica, Megatron arrives to find the Mistress of Flame bleeding to death, because I guess that's what you do when you've been electrocuted. Uh, She lives long enough to tell Megatron the identity of her killer before expiring. She shall donk no more. The salvo of... (laughs) Yes, the writers did murder her. The salvo of firepower that the combiners unleashed from Fortress Maximus finally arrives and slams into Trypticon, but it seemingly does no significant damage to him. Hotrod moves in to rescue Emissary, blowing a hole in Trypticon's exterior as Windblade strafes the Titan from outside. Hotrod finally crashes through Trypticon's optic with Emissary in his driver's seat, but is forced to toss the Titan Master to Windblade before Trypticon smashes him with his tail. Hotrod hits the surface with enough force to make a crater, and Windblade and Emissary land to see to him. Hotrod is wounded and tells Windblade to get Emissary back to Fortress Maximus, as the sleeping Autobot Titan is now the only hope to beat Trypticon. The two depart, leaving Hotrod behind, but suddenly a wild Foghorn Leghorn appears! I mean Overlord. <laughs> Declaring that Hotrod will do nicely for something he has planned, Overlord shoves a glowing purple something or other into the downed Autobots chest as Judd Nelson unconvincingly screams in agony. The end. Or to be continued. (laughs) I say, I say I would've doubled down on this. (laughs) Okay, so like we've we've reached the end of like this cycle of events that I wanted to talk about that Derek already touched upon lightly, but like I I wrote this in the thread and I, I wrote it down so I could read it here. Like so follow me here. Menasaur shoots a missile from Fortress Maximus accidentally. That missile just happens to contain Emissary and crashes into Metroplex's back. Emissary enters Metroplex to power him up and help him, but does nothing but give him heat vision that, heat vision that cuts his own arm off. Metroplex is defeated. Emissary jumps out, only to be eaten by Trypticon, then almost immediately rescued from inside TryptoCon by Hot Rod, who passes him off to Windblade, who is going to return him to Fortress Maximus, where he started out from. Like who writes this shit? Like
3: <laughs> Apparently Calderon. And and since I've seen his Twitter page, it, it makes complete sense now.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my god,
3: this... you guys, I forgot he was a headmaster. <laughs> he does oh my stuff God. You know
2: I, 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 I was going to give uh, this episode One thing I liked Probably the only thing I liked I, I, I kind of like Hot Rod's arm blaster I thought that looked kind of no, cool
3: No, no, no I'm going <laughs> to kick your fucking hatchback That arm blaster is fucking stupid You know why? Because it's like Perceptor It's one thing And it's everything. It's like it doesn't make any sense, right? He comes. He looks cool with the arm blaster. He transforms the arm blaster. Shoots Trypticon in the back. What does it do to Trypticon? Nothing. Nothing at all. It's totally like Trypticon's impervious to his arm blaster. But then, all of a sudden, oh, wait. Emissary's inside Trypticon now. How that happened, who the fuck knows? But he's inside fucking Trypticon now, so we gotta get him out. And Hot Rod is like, All right, I gotta go in, Windblade. And Windblade's like, Don't make me write your obituary. Me, nah, 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 I'm a nerd. Or whatever she's fucking on. And so he just zooms up with his little grappling hook, busts out his arm blaster, and before you know it, there's a big fucking gaping hole in Trypticon. Wait, I thought... He couldn't penetrate Trypticon's hide. But now all of a sudden that he's got to fucking get emissary, now, oh, okay, it's to- I found Trypticon's, like, soft underbelly, wherever the fuck that is. And now I can get inside and then drive out of his eyeball, like, fucking Transformers the movie, and then fucking eat shit you are! Woo! <laughs> you know? And it's just like, what? that's what's that's- going on? Like, yeah. why... I
2: I was I would just, just talking about aesthetics. I thought it looked cool. I didn't say it made sense.
0: <laughs> Hot, Hot Rod, was, Hot Rod was like, I'm going deep.
4: I'm going deep. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 weird too because like we keep saying how they're trying to like you know they do all this like budget stuff, but like Hot Rod has those like exhaust pipes on his arms that he can shoot. from. Right? Yeah, yeah. They they animate him with like this complex like arm gun. Like what the hell? Yeah.
2: No, no. I, I just said it looked cool. That's all I said. I didn't say it made sense. And also, TripCon has an eye out at the end of this, but he does it for the rest of the series.
4: So there you go for that. <laughs> yeah, that never comes up again. No. And then, and yeah.
3: then it's, it starts raining, like Blade Runner style, when Foghorn Leghorn comes up, and he's like, I'll, say <laughs> it's like, I'll say <laughs>
2: I say, Rodimus, you were original recipe, but now we're gonna make you extra crispy.
4: <laughs> we'll enjoy some sweet tea together, mine. <laughs> well,
0: all I'm gonna say about Overlord is I'm gonna paraphrase Doctor Who here. Lots of planets have a south. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just, I just never pictured that for Overlord, just like, I always picture something like, like, like uh, I think Mike might have said it one time, he, he, like, imagined Clancy Brown being Overlord, you know, Lex Luthor, you know, something like that, and, yeah, I could get on board with that, but just like the whole, like, you know, like, oh, I see what hell you got, you got a, you got a slap paddle. Slap pedal's only good for whooping a dog. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs>
3: you know, just, so like... so just to just to put a button on this, we were all expecting the Kurgan, and we got Foghorn Leghorn and Rhett Butler <laughs> instead. So yeah,
2: yeah. Um, oh, as far as Mister uh, Flame dying,
0: all right. You know, I uh, I had a lot of problems with her when we discussed combiner horse or whatever. Like
4: of <laughs> I had, I had. Hey, don't talk about Victoria that way.
0: <laughs> I, I had little grasp of the character, and I, you know, like that was my big thing. I was like, "Who is she?" And since then, I have went and I've completely caught up on all the like IDW comics and stuff. And I still don't have a huge grasp <laughs> of the character. I mean, I know a little bit more about her. I know she's like the leader of Caminus and. She's like super religious when it comes to like Transformers mythology and stuff and blah blah blah. But none of that really comes through here. It's just like you go do things. I'm gonna ignore you and then I'm gonna go pray and then I'm gonna do like some Naruto level like ninja stuff and then I'm gonna I'm gonna die. And that's all she yeah. does.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and like the thing about it is like I don't know if they were trying to build her up in Combiner Wars, it's like a very important character, but like man, like her her death was just like brutal and then like Megatron comes in, it was like there was that parody Mike was showing us and it, it was kinda like that. It was like Mr flame Mr flame <laughs> oh you're dead.
0: <laughs>
2: like, oh it's that
4: lady who farts all the time.
0: <laughs> I I'm kind of intrigued by her character. Like I feel like there's more there to be explored in some media. It's definitely not here, but like there's, she has like a lot of gaps you could fill in, and you, there's different places you could take her. I mean, her name is Mistress of Flame. That, that's a highly unusual name for a transformer to begin with. And I'm also like, well, what is her alt mode? Does she even have an alt mode? Like, I'm like, I want to know more about this character because she's interesting. And she's clearly the past several years, she's been like a key component of like the ongoing transformer stories, but we don't really know. Uh, much about her oh,
4: i can i can i can tell you justin and like it's it's a spoiler at, right now but it's not going to be a spoiler when the show airs but this week's optimus prime is narrated by the mistress of flame so oh. you will get a like backstory for her oh cool is there
0: toy totally
2: gonna be narrator mistress of flame <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that's why my avatar is Mistress of Fling. It's also why I kept my title from our Ronma one half show because it still says "You are so uncute." <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, I just wanted to point out this this episode has another example of that what I was calling absent minded fan service because Megatron has the comments about how he he beat up Overlord back in the day. Or at least, you know, sent him on his way and and now he's back. And I was just kinda like, Well, if it's IDW, where is he back from? Like the last stand of the wreckers? Like like I that doesn't even compute to me. Like you know, so again, it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like they're they're trying to tie into either Megatron's time and the Gladiator games and, and him and Overlord being, you know, competitors or whatever, or or, or him Demoting Overlord and sending him to the butt end of the galaxy to rule over some scrap heap or something like that, you know. And 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 now you're just kind of like sitting there going, well, that it's like it's like one of those things they were too lazy to make up their own backstory, but yet they didn't want to be tied to any
4: existing backstory. So again,
3: one thing and everything,
4: you know. <laughs> so no, what no what line annoyed me was when um emissary was with. Windblade, and he was like, Oh, we Titan Masters have heard of you. And she's like, Well, ain't I a fan favorite? And I'm like, Okay, the problems with that line are twofold. <laughs> First of all, you are fan created, you are not a fan favorite. There is a difference. And second of all, yeah, there are people that like Windblade, but it's not because of these series. So, like, yeah, I, that that line didn't work for me. And if you
3: liked, like, like, Starscream's orgasmic screaming from Combiner Wars, you'll be pleased to know that now, now Trypticon is orgasmically screaming in the beginning of this episode.
4: <laughs> Trypticon gets anal on his birthday?
3: Sometimes, along with farty purple <laughs> butt things while that happens, I guess. I don't know how that works, uh, uh, but yeah.
4: Call back to our jokes from the Combiner Wars episode, yes. Uh, the, the wiki has a uh, mention of an error or something. That, another line that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Windblade uh, says about Hot Rod, "Oh, you, like you don't put your wheels on one tire at a time. Like that doesn't make any sense. If she said if you put your tires on one wheel at a time, that would make sense."
3: We're we're expecting way too much we're, logic yeah, and clarity yeah. from from Go Machinima, whatever. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Go, banana. Go, banana, yeah, go.
4: Banana. You want to move on to the next one? Kick that hatchback. <laughs> Episode 6 Desperate actions undertaken by me to purge the memory <laughs> of the show from my mind. <laughs> Megatron arrives at Fortress Maximus seeking answers, but Victorian and the Combiners would rather attack him outright, especially after he tells them of the Mistress of Flame's death. At the Primal Basilica, Perceptor finds the Mistress of Flame's body as Optimus Prime arrives. The mystery of her murder must wait, however, as Optimus moves to get the Basilica's defenses online to delay Trypticon. Perceptor comes to the brilliant conclusion that Optimus needing to delay Trypticon means he needs time to do something! The Basilica's defenses fire a massive electrical beam that slows Trypticon's approach as Optimus and Perceptor go to converse with the chorus of Primes. Optimus asks for the Matrix of Leadership back from them after Rodimus ditched it, and they agree, being hardcore G1 fundamentalists. Back at Fort Max, Megatron tussles with the Combiners, who refuse to listen to him, but Windblade and Emissary arrive to break up the fight. Megatron produces a recording of the Mistress of Flames' last words, naming her killer as Overlord. He then asks Victorian if the Enigma of Combination and the Titans showing up are a sign of the End Times, as Optimus suggested, but the Combiner cannot say. Victorian decides to return to Metroplex City and take on Trypticon while Windblade and Emissary try to get Fort Max up and running. Using the Enigma of Combination, Victorian and her fellow Combiners merge into a giant spectral Victorian and warp away. Emissary plans on using Windblade's City Speaker skills to awaken Fort Max, and she is linked into the Sleeping Titan systems. As Emissary begins the process, Windblade is engulfed in a bright light and begins screaming. Emissary yells at her for, to disconnect, but she is unable to respond and, and continues crying out in pain. So, yeah, episode six. So, I didn't know that
3: Menosaur speaks eubonics. I had no idea that was part of his character. <laughs> yeah, what we go do now? He, no, he, see, that actually sort of makes sense. His actual line is, What we do now? That was his actual line. Like, that doesn't really, that doesn't, that's not, that's not English. It's not, I'm sorry. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. <laughs>
2: I'm just I'm just like wondering how Megatron can walk faster than Prime can drive.
4: Yeah, it's like a, like I said, another thing. It's like the distance does, in this show is like no makes no sense. I, I was gonna ask about this. Does does
3: Megatron not fly in this? He could he could be a tank.
4: I don't know if he ever has okay in series okay yet. So like if he did, like they would probably just like a ass- make you assume that he could, but mm. you know okay. I don't think he has. Okay.
0: The one thing I did like about this episode, I know right, I like something, is I like how Megatron just owns all the combiners. He even picks up Devastator by one leg and throws him into Victorian. I thought that was great. Probably a little much, you know, but still, like, I was like, yeah, he's kicking all those stupid asses.
3: I liked, I liked when he called everybody Dim Sparks, like where he's like, you're just a bunch of Dim Sparks. Well, Meg-
2: Megatron is like really weird. He's not Deadpool, but he kind of is because he seems like he's almost out of the story. He's like, "This is not making any sense." You know,
4: like, like I like, said, he, yeah. he it's the same as last series. He gives no fucks.
3: Yeah, and that's why you like him. Oh, I, I know we talked about the illogic of the trajectory of the missile containing emissary, but I'd also just like to point out that the exchange between emissary and when Blade went something like this. Windblade, I want you to get in this chair, okay? So this chair, it might totally fry your brain, Windblade. Ah, my brain is frying! Disconnect! Disconnect!
2: Oh oh, well, (laughs) definitely. What? Well, no, you you forgot. You forgot forgot one thing, uh, Derek. Good soldier.
3: Yeah, I know. He doesn't fucking know anybody's names either. He's just like when 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 Rodimus like saves him, he's kind of like, "Good job, soldier. Eat shit, you are." You know, and it's like, and then, and then it's like, it's like when, when she gets out of the chair, it's like, good job, soldier.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I like, like another fucking dumb line. Like when he's like, he he says something like, like any procedure has like the chance of something going wrong. And I'm like, that's life. Like (laughs) that's like friggin' anything.
2: Um, and, 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 well, I, w- I was going to bring up it again. I-, I hate to do this. I really do. It's just like something that's on my mind is okay. I-, I am a G1 fan. Why does the super combined spark of the combiners? I know she has the like enigma of combination, but like, why does it have to be Victorian? Why does it have to be a super huge, big, glowy Victorian? And also if super big Huge glowy Victorian can warp at any time. Why didn't you fucking do that earlier? Like, let's use some missiles. Will it work? I don't know. Hey, can't we turn to a super huge glowy thing? Maybe. I don't know. Fuck. I'm Victorian. I'll do. <laughs> just it.
4: making it up as we go along. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And just like, and then Windblade is like, I'm a city speaker. Aren't you tied to Metroplex? Maybe Fortress Max is too. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. Let's just see it up.
4: Like, another, another incredibly dumb Perceptor line too where he's like you're trying to delay Trypticon that means you need time to do something and like that's how time works Perceptor well, well, well
2: you know what's even better is Perceptor is supposed to be fucking smart that's his thing and he couldn't get the Basilica's weapons to work and Optimus Prime is just like upload backslash C. they're online I did it you <laughs> know
0: he is smart. <laughs> it's
4: like Optimus, Optimus Prime definitely knows how to make the plot go.
2: <laughs> Prime was just like, "Oh, you're running on DOS. This is Linux, God." It just, it's like every like every character like, and we've said this a couple times in like, "Combiner Wars" and like all recording and then threads on our message board. Why is everybody so dumb? It's like, Minosaur. okay, he's supposed to be dumb. Devastator, supposed to be dumb. Even Computron sounds dumb in this show.
3: Well, you know, it, it is It is a parallel for, for how people feel about current-day leadership, right? Because you've got Megatron, who gives no fucks. You've got Optimus, whose foot is halfway out the door. You've got Rodimus Prime who gives up his mantle for no discernible reason, and then the only person who wants to be in charge is the Mistress of Flame, who gets killed by some other guy because she's a moron. You know, I don't know. Like, it, it, I mean, you know, not not to put too fine a point on it, but I I think it's because all these people who are conceivably in leadership roles are either they want nothing to do with it, or they're desperately trying to run away. And it's like, Optimus like, just forgot his keys. He would have been, you know, way the hell out of, you know, way the hell out of the, the, the federal Cybertronian building, but he yeah. forgot his keys. You And know?
4: in, in, instead, he's just like, there's gotta be something that cooks Hot Pockets. The <laughs> okay.
2: Hot Pockets are burning. Yeah, it's just, and, and like, again, it's like, why are the Combiners just standing on, like, Fortress Maximus is like, I think we did a thing. Anybody say anything? No. Have we talked to Mistress of Flame? No. She's fine. Megatron's like, by the way, I talked to the Mistress of Flame. Kill him. <laughs> you know? She did. Yeah. That that was actually another. That was one of the smarter things though. Is like, uh Emissary is like, you know, what you said earlier is like, I was getting attacked, you asshole. <laughs>
4: That's that was like another thing. It's like what a like a uh, an example of like poor management of characters and like keeping track of what like your shit basically. Like emissary just got there. What do you mean? Like why didn't you show him sooner? You weren't even there. Yeah, yeah. I have like, personality. Why didn't you really say anything? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I wanted to ask you guys. No one had any interest in buying Victorian, the actual toy combiner. Would anyone be interested in not buying a like neon starfield variant uh, combiner? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, just recolor, make it all translucent. I've um, seen
0: it yeah. in the amazing Titans yeah. Return cartoon. <laughs> 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 yeah. hey, hey,
2: hey, By the way, though, uh, listeners, Jakara, again knocked it out of the park and made a female Megatron, which has better colors. And actually, is kind of an interesting character. Go buy that. It's higher, but it's it's got it's not fucking teal and
4: weird Christmas colors. So. Definitely has a better yeah. It definitely has a better color scheme than Victorian's Christmas M Ms. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I was like really kind of fascinated by that because a lot of times I just like will read random TF Wiki uh, entries and I stumbled upon that one day and I was like, what is this? Like, girl Megatron, this is dumb. And then I like I saw like the you know some illustrations of the character and what her toy looks like and i read her bio and i was like this is cool like why don't we have this over <laughs> yeah. here
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like no we got victoria whatever uh, nah. is this hey, is we, this, we
3: is this the crazy world we live in that what's her face from the boards actually has a female megatron to champion now you no, know, like the
4: oh the, rakasha yes. or whatever yes right? <laughs> is that is that the aspect of the world we live in now yeah like? Raksha. yeah or i forgot what her name was. yeah she, she's
3: she's she's now a validated entity and she was previously <laughs> yep. she was previously she mocked won. and derided but now but now in the long run like it, it, what what she wanted has come to fruition in some weird warped way
2: yeah, well, more or less. Yeah, I, I just think it's a cool deco. It's, it looks better than Victorian. That's all I can say. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's oh. like but the thing about it is, is like, uh, we're getting to the point where things should be amping up, but they're not. It's like, I think the biggest problem with *Combined Wars* and Titans of Turn*, we still got some more episodes to go through. Is like, at this point, all three of you guys, I think we can agree. We still don't fucking care,
4: yeah, yeah, everything is really like it's it's just a i think it's aside from the bad writing it's just it's a symptom of the bad pacing, and you know everything seems so lifeless and weightless, and nothing like none even like the mistress of flame getting beaten up, like I felt like it wasn't very consequential. she's just been like telling
2: everybody they're wrong and balking them, and then like she dies, and it's just like. Okay, you died.
4: Next. <laughs> you know. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this episode, or shall we move on? Speaking of next. Next. <laughs> next. next. Okay. Episode 7. Part 7. For... <laughs> Part 7. <laughs> run for Our Lives uh. from their series. <laughs> Super Galaxy Victorion materializes in Metroplex City and calls Overlord out but she epically fails to notice the giant space dinosaur right behind her or the fact that the Primal Basilica's main weapon is stopped firing at the moment Tripticon shoots her in the back and the battle is on but Victorion seems to do more damage to the city's infrastructure than she does to Tripticon who dodges most of her attacks and stomps on her The voice of Starscream emanates from Trypticon, telling Vicky that she can't win, even as Trypticon continues stomping her into unconsciousness. Meanwhile, at Fort Max, Windblade is still screaming in pain, and Emissary is engaging his Xbox Kinect skills to try and free her from the process that is awakening the Titan. (laughs) He finally succeeds, and she falls down as Fort Max itself begins rumbling. Inside the Primal Basilica, Perceptor is relieved that Optimus has recovered the matrix, but Optimus tells him that he will be carrying it the hell away from here. Optimus drives Perceptor to an exit and with a final handshake watches as Perceptor bravely and leisurely jogs away with their race's most sacred artifact. <laughs> Meanwhile, Windblade and Emissary fly up and over Fort Max as he rises and transforms to robot mode, even though we don't actually see the transformation because the budget does not allow for that. And despite having a spaceship Bruce mode, Max begins flying towards the battlefield as a robot. So yeah, that's Episode 7. Slowly, by the way. Yes, very slowly flying, (laughs) yes. Everyone, it is very slow. You, in you, all things. Your
0: synopsis nailed my big biggest problem with this episode. How do you not notice a giant robot space <laughs> dinosaurs behind you? Come on!
4: Yeah.
2: I'm here. I'm looking for uh, Overlord. I gotta look for him.
4: Oh, hi dinosaur. <laughs> It's because Optimus, like, radioed her as soon as she appeared, and he was like, forget everything else. Like, help me find my Hot Pockets. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Victoria actually does do some damage to Trypticon, to be fair. But at the same
4: time... Oh, oh yeah, she she strikes it as, like, Achilles' knee or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but at the same time, yeah, she, one of her plans is to slice a building in half
4: to hit him. And it doesn't. No, that empty building. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's nobody there. So yeah. Yeah,
0: because cool. it's okay. The city was like double evacuated.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. The the oh, that battle was terrible. I I, I, I wasn't even cheering for Victorian because like I just I didn't want to. <laughs>
0: so you know I. I, I, okay. I, I I've been kind of taking up for Mistress of the Flame. I I'm not gonna take up for Victorian, but I will take up for like one of her, you know, elements. Like at least in the comics, like Pyra Magna is like a I think a fairly interesting character. Of course, she's not in this series, and we get nothing of that, of course. But like, yeah. she she's at least a an interesting part that forms victorian but you know like i said you don't get any of that here she's not mentioned we don't even see her but 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 yeah like you don't i i like i cared not at all for victorian like i wanted to see victorian get stomped multiple times especially in the last episode but i'll talk about that later
3: i thought yeah watching victorian get stomped into unconsciousness like i was I, I think I took the same amount of pleasure in that as I did when the Mistress of Flame like used up all their power and got beat by Foghorn Leghorn.
2: And, and it's like it's like, and, and okay, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say this: the whole the whole episode is like you know run. Okay, I, I'm just gonna throw this out here: Optimus Prime, wisest and eldest of the uh, you know Autobots. Um. Why don't you give the fucking Matrix to a person who could turn to a goddamn car?
3: See, that's that's going to be part of the long list of rhetorical, unanswerable questions I have about this episode in particular. So, along with why Prime gave the Matrix to Wesley, that is one question. My other questions are, if Metroplex couldn't beat Trypticon, why does Combined Victorian think she even has a chance? at all she's like, slightly shorter <laughs> uh, and she, okay. she glows here's
0: my, here's my question why didn't Prime and Perceptor go to Red Alert's lawn daycare party and have him drive <laughs> away with the Matrix that would have made no sense
3: that, that is another, yeah. another rhetorical unanswerable question yeah I, I would like to know why Emissary thinks everybody's name is soldier. <laughs> why is that? Cuz he clearly doesn't know anyone else's name. He just calls them soldier. And
4: Hey, but he's got mad Xbox Connect skills. <laughs> yeah, so. you can't you
3: can't fault him for his Xbox Connect skills at all.
4: You are Xbox Connect. Why why does
2: anybody attack Kong from behind? He's got big feet in front of him and dinosaur mouth. Attack him from behind.
3: I was wondering if when the character with the most personality on this entire series, Emissary, said, this is the good part, was that supposed to be like a really fucked up version of like Springer's quote about this is the fun
4: part in Transformers? Because, yeah. usually, like,
3: oh yeah, you,
4: believe it or not, this is the fun part, right? Yeah. I,
3: I, was like thinking, like, is that, is that supposed to be like a, a bastardization of that? Because, because like, I mean, I even think Jason David Frank didn't deliver it nearly as well. You know what I mean? Like, if that's what they were going for, but I, and and I think it kind of felt like out of context as well. Because if it's fan service, it's one of those absent-minded fan services because it just didn't seem to make much sense it's like this is the good part the good part is when fortress maximus does like the whole can you read my mind thing with Windblade from superman (laughs) the movie because they (laughs) go up into the fucking clouds and i'm like sitting there with my ultimate rhetorical question which is why are there fucking clouds on fucking cyber fucking tron I don't understand.
2: But well, I also like the fact that Wibblade was like, you know, like, you must defend Cybertron. Nope, I like peace. You want to, like, fight? Nope, peace is cool. Why don't you want to fight? Because I was made out of a battle station with numerous guns and cannons, and I was built by Cybertronians. But over the years, I've
4: decided, yeah, fuck that. I'm like, yeah! She's like, she's like, why don't you fight? And he's like, we do not talk about it. Peace.
0: Yeah. Good. Spaceship. Bruce. Like.
2: <laughs> Cause at least Metroplex was, was said to have like a history. He's like, you know, I, I went to the stars of shit. They fucking goddamn said they built Metroplex to fight and he never did. It went dormant. So over those years that he didn't fight, Rhetorical question, where did he decide, oh, I guess I shouldn't fight?
3: It's like, no, you just weren't used. You were a big-ass gun and nobody fucking used. Well, isn't that, isn't that just another blatant example of absentee fan service? I mean, is that a callback to the Headmasters comic, where they were all supposed to be tired of the war and pacifists? But in this context of the story... There was nothing for him to be tired of because he was never he was never put into service. <laughs> no no no, but I'm just saying like like that, <laughs> but that's my that's my deal though like like w- it, it doesn't matter about that because that never happened, right so it doesn't it still doesn't make any sense you know compute. yeah <laughs> my my yeah, yeah my Nim- my Nimrod computer boards are melting as we speak.
0: When when it comes to, like, this specific episode of Fan Holes that we're doing tonight, I feel like Fortress Maximus, because, like, I feel like I was in the Odin sleep, and you guys were, like, jumping around the bed, like, poking me, being like, come on, dude, like, wake up, I'm like, no, go away, and you're like, no, dude, come on, like, wake up and watch this show with us, and we'll talk about it, I'm like, no away. Leave me alone. I'm tired. I don't want to sleep. You're like, come on. No, do it. Get up. And then finally I get up, I'm like, fine, we'll do it. Let's talk about it, but I don't want to.
2: It's all Mike's fault. I blame Mike. Yeah. You are the mistress of flame.
3: (laughs) Justin. (laughs) Sorry, Justin. Justin, your your knee cannons are fucking boss. (laughs) Can you read my mind? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can, can you tell me the secrets of uh, how we might go brain dead because we're having a little conversation?
0: Tell me, oh mistress of Derek.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: mistress of Derek. I, I was going to say, Mike, when you said about Xbox, I was like, when I was watching that like part, I was like, oh my god, so Emissary has to do quick time events just to wake up like fucking... <laughs> 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 He's dance dance revolution this shit. <laughs> oh, it was, it was. Oh God, this is
4: terrible. There is oh. a chance
3: that any dance dance revolution could go
4: horribly awry. You guys, with any dance dance revolution, there's always the chance that one could go wrong. <laughs> yes, he like he
2: like he like turns it the wrong way just on the screen and just says you suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Too, now now I'm, I'm imagining, like, a GIF in my head of, like, Fort Max on, like, a DDR thing, and he's, like, <laughs> bebopping and scatting around.
4: <laughs> too, bad, too bad Perceptor wasn't there. He could have been like, you seek to turn Fortress Maximus on, which means you need to activate him.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: if he has power, he will wake up. Oh, I forgot. He's too busy jogging away with the Matrix. No, no, that,
2: that, that's another thing. It's like I, I was joking about like the 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 car thing. Like you know, like oh you have Rodimus there. I mean, like you will wake him up or something. Well, not now, but like
4: It was like with the like i uh, yeah, well like Optimus is probably like with the fucked up like time in this show. You could probably make it to the North Pole in a couple minutes or with the Matrix.
0: When uh when Windblade was like talking to Fort Max, I feel like Fort Max was like. You know, you're very good at turning me on.
4: Emissary's <laughs> <I'm laughs> like you. You probably should ignore that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, what is what is worse back with like Darby so much?
4: <laughs> <laughs> She's got a new hat. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right, good. Moving on. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. You are really good at moving <laughs> on. Do I,
4: do I hear a second
1: on that? I... And again. I... Nay.
4: The, the eyes,
1: eyes have
4: Justin didn't say anything, so throw him off after. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Episode eight in good hands. Is what we would be saying if the show was handled by more talented people. <laughs> Super Galaxy Victorian continues to get her wallet and her sword literally stolen by Trypticon. <laughs> Trypticon ever so gingerly picks up her sword and prepares to plunge it into her. Flying towards the fight, Fortress Maximus reports on it to Windblade and Emissary and how very boned they all are. Even though he is pacifistic in nature, Max promises he will do anything he can to avenge Metroplex and defeat Trypticon. <laughs> At the Primal Basilica, the Chorus of Primes warn Optimus that Trypticon is not the real threat, and he should beware the power of the primes and buy all the toys from that toy line. It's a toy line, kids. Get it? It's a toy line. I'll tell now. Yeah. Optimus doesn't understand and takes off driving towards the fight. Just before Trypticon can kill Victorion... Optimus arrives and, with the power of inflated fan aura, manages to stagger the giant Decepticon and get him to back off Victorian. Vicky splits into the four combiners that formed her, and they begin fighting alongside Optimus. Devastator is knocked into one of the city's energon mains, which causes an explosion and gives Victorian an idea. As Menasaur and Computron attack Trypticon's legs, Victorian grabs a, ne- a nearby crystal of energon and rushes in. She hurls the spear into a seam of energon right behind Trypticon, causing an explosion and forcing the Titan to transform, obscured by smoke, of course, into his battle station. A-
2: and lightning. Don't forget the lightning.
4: Yes, and lightning, yes. Trypticon opens up with all of his weapons, blasting Optimus Prime and sending him sailing through the air. But instead of crashing into the hard metal ground of Cybertron, he lands in the soft metal hands of Fortress <laughs> Maximus, who stands ready to combat Trypticon.
2: I, I, I was going to say, I, my, my only joke for this is when uh, he caught Optimus Prime, and was like, In the arms of the angel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and also, my other comment is I I fucking proved my goddamn point right here in this episode. Trypticon cannot fucking pick up the goddamn sword. He has to pick it up with his goddamn mouth. Why aren't you punching him?
4: I just thought it was funny. Like, Optimus like, lands in Fortress Maximus' hands, and he's like, ah, oh, it's so cushy. Like, you have the soft hands of a pacifist. Like, <laughs> it's like a soft, it's a soft little lover I never knew.
3: Uh, man, you're not kidding, though, about Prime's fan aura. It's, like, off the fucking charts. Like, I was I, just like, what? Like, like, he's fucking, like,
4: staggering Trypticon with his I shots. mean, he's yeah. he's
3: literally, like, right next to him, busting out his little orange cyber axe thing, or what, heat axe, and, like, you know, getting up in Trypticon's, like, earlobe and stuff, and he's like, if you do not fucking back off, Trypticon, we will be forced. <laughs> To like make you, I'm kind of like nobody's been able to make Tripticon do anything for nine fucking episodes. Like, what are you gonna do about it? And then, and then, and then it's like they were all combined with the like. I, I feel like the 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 protagonists constantly de escalate. Like they're not they're not getting power ups. They're like getting power downs. It's like Rodimus yeah. shows up as Rodimus gives away the Matrix, and gets a power down to Hot Rod. It's like, Victorion combines with all these guys in the Enigma of Combination, and, she's, and the she's, super like sparkly, Boy. she's the super sparkly combiner lady, and then all of a sudden, now they're all the regular combiners again, and then Optimus is like, what we need to do is distract cod." And I'm just going like, to Wait shoot, a minute. shoot it a lot. Wait a minute, like, so... Metroplex couldn't beat him Victorion's combined Enigma thing couldn't beat him but now you're going to think all of a sudden like these other guys like you know Minasaur and (laughs) freaking Devastator and all these other guys who couldn't do anything before now all of a sudden they're going to do something like it it just doesn't make well when Optimus
2: comes in he starts shooting his like you know fucking small rifle compared to Tripicon. There's, like, these huge goddamn explosions, and he does, like, you know, the whole, like, flyover, but while that may seem like a callback, and, like, oh, nostalgia, at the same time, I'm, like, why the fuck weren't you doing that earlier if your gun can fucking make Trypticon be, like, shit!
4: The wiki even makes note of it, it's, like, you know, just to homage Transformers the movie... Optimus inexplicably transforms for two seconds just to transform back into robot mode. So we can do that little rocket assisted jump over Trypticon.
2: Yeah. It, it's it's just like, I, I ugh, God, I don't get it. And like, like Derek said, you know, Victorian is supposed to be powered up. Yes. Optimus is badass, but he, he's still Optimus, you know, it's like, Optimus in the G1 series never fought Trypticon one-on-one. And now he's just like, you know, shooting you, shooting you, fucking kicking your ass. And it's just like, you know, fan aura, I guess. I don't know. When Devastator gets thrown into the Energon, like, vein, I thought he was dead. Because he had this big fucking explosion. I'm like, they just killed Devastator. And then he crawls out and he's like, must put my arm back on.
4: Yeah, he's like, I will not separate, because then they'll have to animate individual Constructicons. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I, I think uh, not in this episode. Was it this episode where Starscream says something like he, he... he The Trypticon is still in there, but he's he can't control it?
4: There's some vague inference in how Starscream talks sometimes that he's not able to control Trypticon. Like... And he's, like, in there of, like, you know, against his own will. But, I, like, it's all so very, you know, not yeah. specific and nebulous that, you know, it doesn't even matter, I don't think. God, it's so muddled, he,
0: They were lacking the one thing that could have defeated Trypticon. Because, um, you know, in that first episode of Headmasters, Daniel and Willie tricked Trypticon into stepping on a bridge <laughs> and he fell into a canyon. like A, a rope bridge! Yeah, that's all they needed. And they could have, like you
4: know Tripticon. <laughs> they needed to lure him onto a rope break. Tripticons, one weakness Tripticon's daniel one and Wheelie. Yep. that's right bitches <laughs> that's right I was I was joking about it earlier, but like I was kind of hoping. I think I think it's this episode where Optimus uh, orders the Combiners. He says like, separate, separate and yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I for a brief second I was like, oh, oh cool, yeah. are they gonna actually yeah. separate? Yeah. But they just he just meant like scatter, and I was like, oh of course yeah. not. Yeah. Like, why would yeah. they do anything cool? Yeah, totally,
3: like, totally yeah. secret brothers on that because that, I yeah. think that's I think that's in the following episode after this, but. I, I totally was thinking the same thing, where I was kind of like, oh, cool, they're gonna, oh, no, what was I thinking? Of course they're not.
2: Yeah, I don't give a shit about Victoria, but man, how cool would it have been for, like, you know, Afterburner, or fucking Strafe, uh, you know, Scatter Shot uh nose cone and yeah. light speed like attack from different angles
4: even, <laughs> even if they were just in like vehicle mode like you know you'd instantly have like an actual like army attacking trip yeah like what so 21 they, like,
0: transformers or something i mean that would have been cool yeah. but yeah. of course you know this this series is not with the cool
4: No. Yeah. all right any anything else about this episode i hope machinima
2: closes down
4: go ahead <laughs> <laughs> We're not. We still got two to go. You, you can't give a final judgment. Like it might, it might, it might get good in the next two, Tony. Maybe, maybe, maybe my, maybe my summaries will convince you that this was a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah, I might be
2: 25 tomorrow, but I'm still gonna be 42 this
0: year. <laughs> I, I think Tony is infected. Like he, much like Rodimus and Fort Max, he
4: just wants to quit.
2: I, I've already lost an arm.
4: All right. Episode 9. Consumed by my crushing disappointment. (laughs) Fortress Maximus sets Optimus, Windblade, and Emissary down and confronts Trypticon, who transforms back to robot mode in a cloud of dust and lightning, of course. The two clash energy weapons as Optimus rallies the combiners to attack Trypticon from all sides. As he struggles, Maximus tells Emissary to stay away from the fight as he needs to survive to find more titans if Maximus dies. Optimus runs into Megatron, who is casually watching the fight from cover. He asks Megatron for help again, but Megatron still believes this isn't the real fight. Meanwhile, Victorion rushes Trypticon and leaps right into his open jaws. Trypticon goes nom 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 and (coughs) absorbs Victorion and since Victorion possessed the Enigma of Combination, Tripticon powers up with it. Meanwhile, Perceptor is still jogging along with the Matrix when he pauses to study it for a second. The Matrix then talks to him via Morse code or something, and asks him to do something, which Perceptor agrees to and begins jogging back towards the battle! The newly empowered Tripticon overwhelms Fortress Maximus in a beam struggle and knocks him over, then, using the Enigma of Combination within him, takes control of Devastator, Menosaur and Computron. The three Combiners begin attacking Fort Max, but are knocked away from, by Windblade's shots. Windblade is struck by a shot from Computron, sending her crashing to Megatron's feet. Fort Max manages to rise, but the mind-controlled Combiners begin to literally nip at his heels. Optimus attempts to draw them away but they turn on him and take hold of him, threatening to rip his body apart. Windblade asks Megatron for help, but Megatron still really doesn't give a lot of fucks about this situation. Emissary gets impatient and runs straight for Trypticon, knocking himself out when Trypticon kicks him. Megatron finally agrees to help on the condition that Windblade will owe him if they survive. Megatron gets prime-free of the combiners, and Windblade provides a distraction for Fort Max to grapple with Trypticon again. Suddenly, Perceptor arrives and yells for Trypticon to see the Matrix he is carrying. Trypticon goes, nom 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 nom, and swallows Perceptor and the Matrix. So yeah, second to last episode. (laughs) I'll
2: give uh, Fortress Maximus ultimate smart decision, because he was like, damn, when you're in Metroplex... He shot his arm off, so fuck you. I'm not going to shoot my arm off.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do anywhere near me, see, y'all, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I will give, like, Peter Cullen, like, some cred. Like, at the beginning of the episode, it sounded like he actually had, like, a little spring in his step. Like, he was like, Big Windblade, you've succeeded. Like, good job. Like, I was like, wow, you sound excited. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I gave him an energy drink or something.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: some of the things I didn't like about this was like the, uh... I I don't don't understand, again, the science of this universe. So, Trypticon eats Victorion, so he has a spark of combination. How does that work? Because, like, he's a titan. So a titan master would give him more power. But if he just eats shit, like... If he eats, like, my TiVos, he can record shit tomorrow?
4: I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Victorian has the enigma of combination inside her. But, like, yeah, you're just supposed to assume that he automatically gets access to that if he eats her. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. it's uh, It hurts.
2: It's like. And also, like, I understand Fort Mass going down. Because he was, like, the previous line's toy. Uh, uh, Metroplex. But Fort Max getting kind of bitched out. Really? Yeah, like, like this is your highest, like, level toy next to Trypticon? And you're, like, making him seem like a pussy. It's, his whole thing is, like, shielding, shielding, you know? <laughs> it's like... You,
0: you know what, uh, and maybe this was stupid or brilliant depending on how you look at it because of the series but i was kind of thinking for whatever dumb reason trypticon would get that power up and he would turn into scorponoc and then you'd have scorponoc versus fort max like that's what i thought i mean i know that's dumb but i was like well they're gonna have to like they're gonna make a scorponoc toy eventually so they're gonna like get it and get in front of that and put him in the series, so that's kind of what, what I was expecting. But
2: but just that would have been fun. Shut up.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know that. I know that. <laughs> I know there's no reason for like Trypticon to get like Enigma Combination and whatever, and suddenly turn to Scorpionock. I know that makes no sense. But a lot of the stuff in the series doesn't make sense. So that's that. That's what yeah. I was expecting. I was like, oh, we're gonna see Scorpionock. That'll be cool. I like Scorpionock.
4: I, uh, at least it would. At least it would be totally unexpected. I yeah. would
3: much rather have a nine hundred dollar Takara Tomy pink Tripticon figure. All right. Yes. So so
2: so <laughs> what did the the Matrix actually tell Perceptor? You're not running fast
3: enough. Uh, go back. You suck. Who, I mean, <laughs> who is he? Is is like is like Alpha Trion Like, dude, homie, like. Go do this, or like what? That was one of my rhetorical questions: Is like who is he? Is he talking to somebody specific in the Matrix of leadership, or is he just like hearing the voices of all the ancient leadership or something like
2: that? <laughs> he, he, he's talking to the Charlie Brown teacher. Wah,
3: wah, 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 wah. Of course, the that's ma- brilliant.
0: The, the Matrix yeah. said, "Return me to Ralph's daycare party." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Perceptor needs better cardio because he was barely out of the city.
3: He got that message. <laughs> so when, when the combiners that don't split up and stay combined get possessed by Trypticon because he has the enigma of combination, why are they playing keep away with Optimus Prime? Like, that's what uh, like that's what it looked like to me, where they were like, you know you know, okay, who can who can toss Optimus Prime to who? Like, Oh, I got Optimus, no 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 no, I got Optimus, you know, like I don't know, it was kind of stupid.
0: You, you know, something else I was expecting. I was expecting them to rip off Prime's arms and then at the end of the series I figured he would get reconfigured into like his Power Master mode to sell that toy, but we didn't get that either.
2: Well, I, I was still trying to figure out, based by the scale, how them punching Fort Max's like feet was hurting him. He was like, "Oh yeah. no!" <laughs> so they're like
0: they're like punching his foot and his shin. He he's just like, "Ah!" I was like, "This shouldn't even bother you. <laughs> oh. This should be like bees <laughs> stinging an elephant or something."
4: Yeah. It's, it's like Fortress, Fortress Maximus is unable to enlarge <laughs> because the combiners are punching his feet. Yeah.
2: yeah it's just so many inconsistencies. Like, we, we've established that, like, Victorian in her glowy, you know, Troya, you know, Dana Troy form can't hurt, you know, fucking Tripicon. So, how are these, like, three combiners who are just punching making Fort Max go, no.
3: I can't breathe. <laughs> Fortress Maximus can't move. I need your help. <laughs> Thank you, Wonder Man.
0: Fortress Maximus needs food badly.
2: Thank you, Emissary. <laughs> God, just like, welcome to die.
0: <laughs> you can't defend. You can't defend.
4: You can't defend. <laughs> when he, when Fort Max falls over, Emissary's like, "Fort Max?" Max. <laughs>
2: Max! <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, and you know, that that's what I was like uh, about to say it's like this series makes Tricko look awesome. Uh I know Mike you have the toy. Congrats. But like poor Justin has Fort Max, a toy he's wanted for a long time, and they make him like a big ass pussy, and I'm like, "Justin, I'm sorry. He's a cool toy." You
0: no, know, I I will say this, and you guys can boo me if you want, but I think Fort Max looks really nice in this. I'm not saying he puts up a good show or anything. I'm saying he at least his appearance. He looks nice. As opposed to the shitty Acom animation we got in Rebirth, okay? No, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah. No, that, that's that's yeah, that's fine. Like, that's
2: uh, that's fair. Uh, not to shit on um, Justin's really nice comment, but they also reused the Metroplex fight moves with Fort Max against
4: Tripicon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the awkward punches that don't seem to that lack impact. No, no, I it, it,
2: it really is yeah. like. Trypticon charges him with his like uh, horn. Fort Max slash Metroplex punches wildly. Trypticon backs away. One punch lands, and he does this exact same kick Metroplex did in like the second episode. I'm like, really? You just reskinned that, didn't you?
4: You know what I was also disappointed with, like, Fortress Maximus has a lot of guns on him, but he only fires like, knee gun. Yeah! I Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I,
0: I couldn't have even fathomed that. You know another thing that confused me? And maybe I, like, missed something, but I don't think I did. Shouldn't Emissary have, like joined cerebros to form his head and then shouldn't he have become fort Max's head no no
2: no no, no. that, well, that, that, that would... storyline justin they couldn't afford that
4: oh I'm sorry I'm yeah sorry. that would actually demonstrate the whole gimmick of this toy line Justin they can't have so that. I'm
0: like, so now I guess I'm going into like Derek's territory because I'm like does that mean cerebros can turn into fort Max without emissary <laughs> without 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 his head yeah that I what? I, I no,
2: don't no, know. No. Uh, uh, Derek brought it up earlier. I it, uh, uh, and it was also in the Botalk forum. There was actually a Twitter thing where they were going to make that happen, kinda, more or less. But they were like, "Oh no, we were we were told we didn't have like you know time to do that."
3: Well, the actual tweet, which would have even been more head scratching, is. Emissary was going to be Windblade's head, and yeah. Windblade is going to turn into Fortress Maximus's head, which I'm like, Windblade already has a fucking head. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. It, it just seems it seems really strange. I mean, but that that, it, 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 like, yeah. Well, no,
2: I made I, I made I made a post, Derek. I was like. Uh, my post was uh, in the Titan's Return Machinima uh, series, which is not a spoiler by now because we're almost to the end, thank God. Um, we have no actual headmasters except for one. And we have a bunch of other characters who are headmasters in the toy line Hot Rod, uh, fucking Windblade. She is a headmaster in that series. Um, you know, we have a lot of these characters who are headmasters and the one character who is a double headmaster with, uh, cerebros and emissary, his headmaster is a separate character who doesn't become a fucking goddamn
4: head. He's got a face on his back though. He does.
0: What the fuck? For, for whatever reason they included that. And I was like, well, you can see it there. So they're going to use it. Nope. Nope.
2: Yeah. Yeah, way to sell the toy line, guys. Good job.
4: Okay, you want to move on to the final episode? Yes, please. Yes. All right. Episode 10, all things must pass, including this chunk of (laughs) stool. I was actually thinking of a poop joke,
2: Mike. Good job.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm glad glad I, I didn't let you down there. Trypticon expands in size after consuming the Matrix, but quickly shrinks again and then spits the Matrix, Perceptor, Victorion, and the Enigma of Combination out. Optimus and Perceptor explain that the Matrix can only be wielded by a Chosen One, which Trypticon is not, so it rejected him and also somehow depowered him. The Ghost of Starscream emerges from Trypticon's form, claiming to feel reborn, then does a loop-de-loop and dissolves into fart gas. Trypticon then keels over, deactivated, as Fortress Maximus laments the passing of another Titan. Victorion reaches for the Enigma of Combination, but it is engulfed in flame which destroys her right arm, although no one laments the passing of poor (laughs) dust-up. The flaming smiley face that Windblade and Optimus saw in Visions appears, and announces that it only knows one truth, that it is time for the Transformers to end. (laughs) Windblade petulantly throws her sword at the face, but the weapon is promptly disintegrated. Optimus knows the real fight is about to begin, but Megatron tells everyone to stand down as he addresses the newly arrived being, who manifests in physical form as Megatronus, otherwise known as the Fallen and the First Decepticon. Megatron angrily addresses his patron god, pointing out that the Decepticons lost the war and he was cast out. Megatronus seems unconcerned with Megatron's resentment, and Optimus and Fortress Maximus use the distraction to attack. Maximus summons the Master Sword and swings it at the Fallen, while Optimus leaps at him with his energy axe. Megatronus blocks the Master Sword, repelling Max's attack, and fires a blast straight through Optimus, killing him. Everyone is shocked into inaction, So Megatronus gathers up the Matrix and the Enigma and takes his leave, warning that their end is nigh. Megatronus flies away as everyone gathers around Optimus Prime's body. Perceptor blandly eulogizes Prime, (laughs) while everyone else seems more interested in accusing Megatron of trying to sell them out. Megatron admits that he was assessing the situation, but now has concluded that Megatronus is a danger to all of them. He asks everyone to follow him, as he now knows where Megatronus is headed. Not far away, Overlord has been watching the events unfolding with some amusement, and his new BFF, the apparently corrupted and evil Hot Rod, or Rodimus Unicronus, or Rodimus Cron, or Nemesis Hot Rod, or whatever they're going to call him, strides up menacingly beside him. And to be continued in the next exciting series by Machida Um, I
2: I, I will hey, let I, I will let everybody else talk. I'll have more to add. The one thing I want to say for this final episode of this series is, Machida go home. You're drunk.
0: You, you know, um, when Starscream was like, "I felt reborn." You know what I was kind of like playing in my head. The like.
4: Piccolo, like, yes, yes, yes! I feel incredible! <laughs> I can do this! I can win! Oh, I turned into fart gas.
2: <laughs> it, yeah, it was. It's like, oh, so StarCream was a big bad, more or less? Nope, he's a fart gas, and it's Megatronus. By the way, kids, it's Mark Hamill!
4: I didn't even notice that the first I time either. I watched that episode. yeah, yeah I was like, I, That was Mark Hamill? Jeez. I
3: think I think I did just because I I see so many projects that he's worked on, but I you know I can, I can understand like I felt the same way about Michael Dorn and and even Will Wheaton like the first time yeah. I, I watched through it, but I, I I could tell I'm I'm trying to think of like what voice I don't know there there's some voice he used that was similar to the one he used for Megatronus, but I can't quite. Place it. Oh, um, what do you call it?
4: the specter oh, yeah, 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 from Brave yeah, and the Bold? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's what I that, thought that, of that, once I figured yeah, it out. That's kind of what yeah. it reminded
3: me of. Yeah.
4: I I will say that this episode is the only time in this series I think that anything like vaguely interesting happens. Yeah. Like, like yeah, like, I, I yeah. was kind of like, oh well, uh, that's kind of cool. Like the Fallen. Like okay, like you know, that's not like I I guess like you know, <laughs> but, but, he's yeah. not exactly. He knows they're going to fuck it up, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's not exactly promising or anything, but at least, like, there's a clear, like, I assume there was just going to be some vague inference, like, at the end, like there was at the end of last series, where she was like, you know, the Titans have returned. And, then, you know, Megatronis <laughs> the, 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 the the this...
2: shows up next episode. Megatronis, I didn't know he was here. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I thought Opti- it was just going to end with Optimus being like, we must now prepare for, be- like, bewaring the power of the Primes or whatever. Yeah, but I don't know. It didn't amount to, and yeah, and Optimus dies, and, like, no one bats an eye. Yeah, I felt
3: I felt, I felt you know. wrong about that, because all I could think of is, you know, the a lot of the early encounters I've had with Prime dying, they, they were a big deal, and this felt so ho-hum to me. And I was like, is that because I've seen it before, or is that because the way they did this, you just gave no fucks.
4: Even Perceptor is just like, like, oh, he'll be remembered. Like that's all, and that's all there is. Like, for a eulogy. Or...
0: When Megatron was like doing his speech, I feel like everyone else was taking stupid pills, and like they immediately kicked in as soon as Prime died because everyone suddenly was like, uh, Megatron, you stink. We're gonna kill you. Why? his reasons we want to and i'm just like what like he didn't do anything like he he was buying time for prime and fortress maximus to do something like he even said that and they're just yeah. like no, oh, we're gonna kill you and then he's like well you know actually we're all in this together and everyone's just like oh yeah I'm like oh <laughs> well, yeah what? oh hi yeah, like, well, yeah. I, I guess i should like expect nothing less from the guy who was like he wants something or everything I'm like Yep.
3: The, the final sequence where Foghorn Leghorn shows up <laughs> with Rodimus Unicronus, I, I feel like they subverted my expectations by subverting my expectations because you had all these instances where we were like, oh, look, there's a face on Emissary's back. And, like, clearly at some point he's going to turn into the head of Cerebros and then become the head of Fortress Maximus. And when that never happened, I was almost like, by the time it was, like, nine episodes in and they hadn't done anything with Rodimus Unicronus, I was just kind of like, even though we all kind of knew that that's what was being alluded to in the sequence where the purple stuff is placed on Hot Rod... I was kind of like, oh, they're, they've are they just abandoned this plot thread. Like, they set it up, but I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. well, I, I I really thought, like, you know, by the time I was in, like, the last, you know, I don't know, 10 minutes into this le- final episode, I was like, oh, they, they forgot all about that. I guess they're not doing that this episode. And then when it was, like, the little, you know, tag thing on the end, I was just kind of like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, because I figured there would be more... To it than just, you know, what there was, I guess.
2: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's like Machinima's storytelling as a whole. You thought there's going to be more to it than what there was. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I expected this and this and this. And I mean, honestly, like, let's look at like our team, quote unquote, now. We have Perceptor, the, the combiners who are stupid as shit windblade who can be annoying or competent but we have megatron and honestly if machinima wants to get me on board the first episode of uh power of the primes should be megatron putting on autobot symbol that would be kind of fucking cool i mean you know i'm talking about in the future but like Change it up a little bit. Make it, like, fun. Like, because Megatron is the best character in these two miniseries.
4: Uh, I was just going to say, it does kind of seem like they're trying to take advantage of that, like, now, by, like, killing Optimus off and making Megatron basically the leader.
0: It it would be fun to see Megatron with the Autobot symbol. That's why they're not going to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Agreed, yeah. You know, and Mike has said this throughout the uh various reviews of the certain episodes there's there's just no heart there's there's no enjoyment in the voice acting
4: or the story yeah yeah, it's it's just very lifeless yeah all around yeah i like i mentioned in my in my uh summary i thought it was funny that fortress maximus was like oh like poor Triptychon, like we lost another titan and then like Victorian gets her arm blown off, and she's just like, you know, no one, no one's gonna, you know, be sad about uh, poor dust-up. Like that's the car that formed her right arm.
2: No, right? yeah, yeah. I, I was actually thinking about that because like she like walks up and she's like all pissed off at Megatron. I'm like, dude, like half like of that fucking robot's body is gone. I think she's dead. I know you're a combiner, yeah. but like when you separate, which you never do, it's gonna be like, you know. Choo-choo-choo-choo cho, 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 chicken arm and, like, you know, a, a mouth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> ah! Ah!
1: Yeah. Recombine! Recombine! <laughs> yeah.
2: I forgot who said it uh on Botalk. is like, it almost seems that, like, the Machinima series is an attempt to do an adult series for Transformers. And when it comes off badly, when people watch stuff like Robots in Disguise or the upcoming Cyberverse. They're like, you know, oh well, we do stuff just for kids. No, we did we did the like machinima stuff. But it didn't do well. People don't like it. People don't like, you know, serious Transformer stories. I can kinda see that in a way.
3: Yeah, I kinda I kinda feel like this is some kind of hatchet job on the G1 properties. I mean, I, I know it's been put forth that that these are not designed in and of themselves to be a product. They're designed to hawk other products. But I find myself questioning, like, did this help sell any more Hasbro Titans Returns upcoming Power of the Primes figures than they would have sold on their own? Like, I, I think the answer to that is no. And then if that's the case, then that means it's not really hawking additional items so you should probably should try to make this series the best you can make it and you know obviously with all our discussion and everything we know that's not true either so like i'm just sort of forced to conclude that the the people who got this either got it because they were working extremely on the cheap like they, they were this you know when, when they talk about like you know Contracts and things like that, and people put in, like, these obscenely low bids to win a contract. It's like, I feel like that's what happened here. They just put in this obscenely low bid. They got the contract to do this series of shows. The show is clearly made on the cheap and not relevant at all. And then even the people they got to work on it are basically uninformed, and, you know, they, they there, there's no... I, I don't know what the right word would be in terms of, of, you know, so a product like this, but there's no, there's no there's oversight. No, there's no, there's no editorial. There's, there's no, there's no showrunners kind of doing, you know, checks and balances on what there, there's no, gets, there's no passion. There's no passion. Well, yeah, but I mean, passion be fucked. Like it doesn't matter. Like, like what I'm saying is there's no, there's no oversight on simple shit like tires and wheels, like that's not something that you don't you don't have to be passionate about Transformers to get things like that right. There's no oversight on things like including Sentinel Prime into a list of the 13 fallen. That's like including freaking I don't know, Charlie Chaplin in a list of Jesus's apostles. Like it doesn't make any sense, you know? Like There's there's it, no, no fact-checking. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just kind of like all all it took was just you know somebody there to kind of like go over things before you finalized it and handed out these scripts to Judd Nelson in the bathroom where he was recording. You know.
2: Yeah, it, it, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I'm I'm just gonna say this right now. Besides Peter Cullen, who has you know come into the fold in the last like ten fifteen years. Which is great. I, I'm glad that Peter Cullen realizes that people really like Optimus Prime. You know, I, I definitely applaud his uh, return to the character. It's like, do I think Will Wheaton or Michael Dorn or the YouTuber guys like really want to do something with Transformers? And even if the YouTuber guys do, like, was the the guy I like Dashie? Was he like, you know, I watched like Transformers G1. Like Minnesota doesn't sound like a fucking street punk. You know, he's supposed to be like, you know, like I am Minnesota. No, he's like, yo, dog, what the deal And it's like, like there there's no connection with the the, the the voice actors, the writing, and the acting. And and everybody's at fault. Everybody's at fault. Because if you give Will Wheaton a bad script, you know, he's gonna read what he's gonna read. But if he knows the character, he might be like, I don't think Perceptor would sound like this. But he isn't no fucking Perceptor. He doesn't give a shit. He's reading a line.
3: You know, with with all the announcements, like beyond just the, the potentially... It was funny how they, they kind of announced that Mark Hamill was part of the cast almost even before the episode, the last episode dropped, which kind of ruins the surprise, yeah. I suppose. But But with the with the addition of like, I think they said like Ron Perlman's going to be in the next season and all that stuff. Like, does it even, I mean, if, if they completely lost like their entire cast, like basically with the same, like pretend the same changes happened between the, the first series and the second series. Like, I don't, I don't think it would make any difference. Like it would just be more of the same. Like, except for they, they would feel the blow of losing, you know, these these named talent that, you know, people know and, and, uh, who, and have previous associations with.
4: Who, who's Ron Perlman playing again? Uh, Optimus Primal.
2: Um, Ron Perlman is a really good actor, and he's definitely played roles where he should not have been, a, been as good as he... Like, was expected to be because of being in a shitty script. So, I could see him being like Megatron, where you're like, Holy shit, he's doing really good. But at the same time, I do agree with you, Derek. It's like, just because you have a big name actor doesn't mean like the, the script's going to carry over. I think Ron Perlman will go over by his own performance, if that makes sense. It's like, you're going to be like, Oh, he reads the script well. He's putting his his all into it, but it's still shitty lines. It's still a shitty story, just like Megatron. He the the guy who's doing it is doing the goddamn best he can, but it's still a shitty story. And like he's doing the best with Megatron he can,
3: you know. And maybe maybe they'll be recording out of a mud hut somewhere, and we won't be able to understand Ron Perlman anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ron Perlman, yeah. anyway,
2: yeah. yeah, Perlman be in elevator. Yeah,
3: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Did you hear that they, they got Samoa Joe to voice Predaking?
3: I oh. I think he was on the list of those names, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe is actually not a very good speaker in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, He is well known for his violence, but it's hard to suplex a script.
0: <laughs> Derek, Wolverine versus Optimus Primal in a mud hut.
3: Uh, Well, Optimus Primal clearly uses the the go-back-in-time thing and totally, like, frags Wolverine in Days of Future Past, like a Sentinel would, and this is prior to his being able to rebuild himself with one drop of blood, and Wolverine dies. But... Wolverine's voice acting is top notch before he dies, and you can't understand a thing that Optimus Primal is saying <laughs> for the entirety of the fight. <laughs> uh, he, I I would be willing to say unequivocally, like just factually, Jason David Frank is extremely p- passionate in that interview about how Emissary has personality, and he thinks it's the greatest thing ever to be involved in a Transformers project. He tried, yeah. But that does not mean that his product was any good. It it just means that that either he had a a certain level of enthusiasm that he tried to bring to the project, but it doesn't seem like that level of enthusiasm was... was predicated or populated into the the collective consciousness of the people working on this because it, you know to some people i mean i don't know it seems like it's it's painfully apparent either it was it was a just a job or b they they specifically went out of their way to underbid so they're just doing the most cost effective cheapest way they can they can muster together to put this project in front of people's eyes but i you know yeah i mean it it doesn't it i i i think i think jason david frank probably has boundless levels of optimism about any project he works on but it it doesn't it unfortunately it, it it doesn't make this particular project you know any any better than than it can be yeah.
4: Justin, I think this might interest you. Uh, Greg Berger is going to be returning to voice Grimlock in the next one. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, I'm not yeah.
0: sure how to feel about that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah. they brought Greg back for the Transformers Devastation game. And he sounds a bit older, but I thought he did a pretty good job. So, you know, maybe, maybe you know, I I, I know we all think Power of the Prime is going to be awful but may maybe he'll bring a little something to it maybe he and uh, ron perlman will bring a little something to the project
4: probably not but you know i think i think yeah i think we can only hope at this point. yeah well yeah. Well, well i think i think this thing about
2: like uh certain actors is like will wheaton is
4: not a great actor
2: i mean he's 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 okay i guess
4: I just I just think like the directing wasn't really on point, but I just think like you know the we can lay a lot of the blame at the writing too. No, like, no, they just yeah. had shitty lines to read for the most part. Yeah, yeah, and, and and like when you get like a bad script, you know,
2: it's like I mean, like maybe I, I'm pretty sure like what we said, Perceptor sounded dumb, and in like Will Wheaton's mind. He read that character and he doesn't know Perceptor, but he's like, I'm supposed to be like nerdy, like Big Bang Theory. Must just be a nerdy guy. Not not like a super intelligent guy.
0: If the writing was better, I could forgive the subpar animation, I think.
2: Yeah. You know you know what's really annoying though? Um, I will give this to uh Titans Returns. The animation was still pretty subpar, but the designs for like Overlord and even Trypticon, Metroplex, and Fort Max looked nice. The designs looked really good. The animation was just not great. I, I like the, the the lines of them, how they no
4: well, they they just basically copied the toys.
2: <laughs> I, I will I will say this. Combiner wars was crap. Titans returns, it's still getting by that's what is that's what it's doing it's, it's getting by on a name and at some point you can't get by on a name and people are getting tired of mediocre they're getting tired of just not trying your best just putting out something and and slapping a few big names
4: on it yeah well i mean like i said i guess it was successful enough to get this sequel so and this will be successful enough to get another sequel so yeah uh, I don't know. Like Derek said, it's probably you know either they'll give, they'll they'll probably take all the criticism of it and be like you know oh well see G1 doesn't work so blah whatever I don't know but I think we should wrap it up. I think we're 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 tired of talking about yes. it now. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Derek, why don't why don't you uh do the usual shtick? If
3: you've snapped your fan belt, if you want to kick our hatchbacks, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. We, of course, have plenty of episodes located on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. You can find all the backlog of Transformers Tuesdays there. If you've liked listening to Transformers Tuesdays, we hope you consider checking out all... All of our other shows, Toku Thursdays, Mobile Suit Mondays, Sentai Saturdays, the Fan Holes podcast proper, Big in Japan, where we talk about anime, Justice Like Lightning, uh, Thunderbolts podcast, and comics, motherfucker. Do you read them?
4: Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, this is Mike. Uh, I say, I say, I'm signing off.
3: This is Derek, Derek WC. I was going to do this podcast, but I've actually driven to the Rocky Mountains USA, so see you guys later.
0: This is Justin. I was in the breakfast club.
2: This is Tony. Ah, scrud.
4: I'm going to take a casual jog to the Arctic. A crime. But is that true? Is that really true? I mean, he's a dog. You can. He could take a bite you out can. of crime.
2: He can, but it really won't do anything. You're just biting a criminal. I don't know how that works.
1: How's that?
0: It's beautiful. What is it?
4: <clears throat> oh, I see.
3: It's to be title okay. card. Noice. I can understand after you watched that titan's return how everything would look nonsensical to you but you know so i don't i don't take any offense i'm
0: like what what is this i'm looking at like it's it's not boring me to death like i don't want to cut my wrist like i don't understand it it makes sense it's it didn't give me stupid pills
4: (laughs) it didn't it didn't slip you a stupid roofie
1: Oh, I on the breakfast
4: <laughs> I'm thinking of trying out for a scholarship.
2: New Jack City was cool, right?
4: Oh, and let me just call up the friggin' wiki page so I know how to say everyone who was who responsible for this atrocity. <laughs> we need to name names. <laughs> Are you
2: named names, Jerry? She named names
4: <laughs> She <Okay>. named names.
2: I <laughs> <Must laughs> say anybody remember that sidefeld okay, okay i I actually us.
4: just saw that episode in a repeat, like not even a week ago, so that's like fresh in my head. She named names, Jerry <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> near the end we
4: we actually stop okay. being angry. we're just sad. Well, we can only like trash stuff with the best of them, but eventually, you know, the poison gets to us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, this is
4: ugh. Go! I'm sorry. Go. Go. I'm sorry. Go. Cryptocons
1: Gonna get you tonight Destroy
4: the Autobots Destroy the Cybertron Don't let Overlord
1: Put a spell on your mind Go oh. Emissary
4: Oh go. Go. I'm sorry go. I'm sorry Go go